He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it out. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Thursday, August 31st, the final day of August. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you, as always, from the remote University of Louisville College of Business studio. Cards fans, advance your career without interrupting it. With UofL's 20-month professional MBA, the program designed for busy working professionals, combine the experience of a top-rated program with the convenience of evening classes that are accommodating to your schedule Connect with industry experts, expand your professional network, and hone your business acumen to find out how all this can happen for you. Go to business.louisville.edu backslash MBA today. We're on the air today from 304 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the United States of America. You know it's better as the Big X, Mike Rutherford, Trevor Kelsey, and Keith Wynn here as we get ready for football. Being back. We've said it's back a million times. It's officially back. I feel like it's officially back tonight. I said this yesterday when I thought it was Thursday in a, in a haze. It's because I was that excited. We've got actual football games tonight. No week zero BS. Uh, some good games. Three, I think, decent games that we'll be able to watch. And then, of course, the big show tomorrow. We are about 20, 28 and a half hours away from kickoff. Louisville versus Georgia Tech in Atlanta. We will get you ready for uh, tomorrow. We'll get you ready for tonight. We'll get you ready for the entire weekend. It's going to be a fun, football-heavy three hours of discussion. Before I talk to Keith, TK, how are you? You were were looking a little rough out there. First of all, Trevor was sitting out there thinking the entire time that I was Keith (laughs) in the car next to him. I'm sorry, Mike. A mistake that has has quite literally never been made before in the history of either one of our existences. I I guess I'm like you. I just don't see color, Mike. (laughs) I I walked in. You're like, like, where'd you come from? I thought you were right there. I'm like, we look nothing alike. (laughs) The best thing was when I saw your car come around the other two Frank cars in park and didn't leave because I figured it was a turnaround, like, Who's parking over there, and who is that over there? Like, we have a third car. Like, we don't. Have a, I, I, I don't know why. I think I think he might be on the phone for some reason. I just didn't think maybe he'd be in the studio. And also, I drive one of the same two cars every day and well, half the, of the last two years. Neither one of which are the one that Keith is sitting over there. Okay, uh, apparently, much like human beings, all cars look alike to me as well. <laughs> so, like, all I see is like a white like SUV like thing. Like, and I'm like. Oh, that must be Mike. I mean, you've got a large black man sitting in a car that is not one of the cars that I've driven in every single day for the last two years. And yet, and still, you were like, "There's Mike." 
That's him. I'm gonna give He's him, ready to go. I'm giving him the finger for like 30 seconds. <laughs> I don't think he – did you even look at me and see me? No. Okay. <laughs> That's another reason why I thought it was Mike. He doesn't acknowledge me either. That's not true. I give you the finger every single day when you pull up next to me. Or but I, I mean, pull up next to you. But his windows are kind of – I mean, they're not like like really dark, like shaded, but they're like – I. And the sun was out. I'm making a whole lot of excuses right now for an unforgivable mistake. <laughs> there, was like, there was like a fade in the light. I mean, it was like, <laughs> it's, it, was, it was understandable. I'm sure it's happened to, I've happened to the wise before. How was your Wednesday night? How high are you right now? Because it sounds <laughs> like the answer is very. Uh, I'm high on life because football is here, baby. Damn right. Uh, and it was a good Wednesday night. I uh, got home a little late, even though the bats fell a little short in their, their rally in the ninth inning. They'll get their revenge tonight in Omaha. Damn right. Um, they were just, they, they wasn't very intimidating. There was nobody there because everybody was at the volleyball game. So there was only like six people in Omaha's game last night. So they, they didn't have anything to play for. And then uh, we home watched the wrestling, enjoyed the show. Good one, good one. Another pay per view this weekend. And uh, I don't know, just kind of fell asleep watching, started rewatching Jessica Jones on Disney Plus and fell asleep. How did Orange Cassidy do last night? Looked good. Looked good. Had a great match with Penta, yeah. Had a really excellent match with Penta. He won his 37 straight championship defenses. How was Gangrel? Uh, Gangrel was awesome. He was. Uh, he was. He got the nachos out to everybody as quickly as possible. Good, good. He was working the concession stand, so. Uh, yeah, it was uh, It was, an, it was a, uh, a weird show, I guess, because some people had some travel issues coming back from London, so. It was, uh, apparently they had to do, redo the show a little bit the last minute, but. Oh no, not a bad show to come home and watch after you know working the bats game. And well, I got a bats game tonight, and then tomorrow is going to be a long day. Tomorrow is going to be a long day. We're, we're going to be long. We'll be out at uh, Elk Run tomorrow in Indiana, getting ready for. We'll have the uh, the Big X Golf Scramble yep. starting at nine fifteen. I will play for. Uh, I'll be playing for our lives. I'll be playing for the well, someone's life. Yeah. Cookie Lady bobblehead to take away from John Spears and to save the vibes, which we're going to talk about here in a second. The vibes are. The vibes are noticeably off right now. We need we got twenty four hours to 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 rectify this to 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 write the course. But we will be out there at Elk Run. I will play the scramble. KRC is going to be out there in the morning doing their show, and then we'll be doing our kind of like the pre pre game show yep. for the nine seventy WGTK official broadcast from uh, from three to six out there. So it's going to be a fun day. About thirty ish. It's going to be a long day. Five thirty, we're out. Well, uh, because I'm that, I get home and get stuff ready. Well, mainly because I've got Scoots has to get the equipment to Southern Indiana to do his game. That's fine. So we've got to kind of a little bit of a little bit of window there. We can do that. It's going to be yeah. okay. So we got we have a jam packed day tomorrow. We got a jam packed show here today because Keith Wynn is here. It's football. I mentioned you know we've been the 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 Spears heist has taken away a lot of the attention. We haven't been able to fully focus on football because one that damn Nolan Smith again. Which it's funny the keys here for that. that is, yeah. We got Nolan Harry Smith. Had a beef. Nolan Smith jumping in, distracting us, us for the last three days a little bit. John Spears stealing our bobblehead, distracting us for the last three days. We haven't really we've talked plenty of football. We've talked more football than anything else, but still, it feels like we haven't had just a solid three straight hours or close to it dedicated to this football season and this game on Friday. So we got to bring Keith in today to, to to write the ship. Deputy editor over at Card Chronicle. Writing all this week about Georgia Tech, we're excited to talk to him today about not just uh, not just Louisville Georgia Tech, but the entire season, tonight's games, college football in general. It's going to be a fun three hours. Keith, welcome back on the show. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me back on. Before we get into little Georgia Tech talk, and of course we want to hear from you on the Thornton Stacks line. Text us at 502-414-1450. Over under is like five minutes before somebody asks Keith to talk about Nolan's. <laughs> 502-414-1450. <laughs> Is the Thornton's text line? Thornton's giving you the best deals all summer long. Still a few weeks, uh, still what? Like, I guess a few days left in summer before we get to Labor Day. I don't care what the meteorologists say. Summer's over on, on Labor Day. That's when it's over. It's done. 
So you've got a few more days to take advantage of the best deals from Thornton's by downloading the Refreshing Rewards app. Save your money at the pump, save your money inside anytime you stop into one of the 96,665 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. Take advantage of their deals and then text us at 502-414-1450. So this show for the last two years now, two plus years, has been big for football games on the vibes of the week. Like we, Good things happen to us. Good things tend to happen the weekend of the football game. Weird, bad things happen. It tends to be the opposite. The vibe started off well this week. And then we had the Nolan Smith thing. We had the controversy over how much of the salad did Trevor really eat. We had <laughs> Spears taking our bobblehead. We've had some bad Keith stuff happen. Keith ate enough salad, right? I mean, it was a good Keith amount of salad. Dad, thank you. <laughs> Don't act like Keith watched the video. A few things have happened today that have me very, very concerned about tomorrow night. One, so I got the, the latest, you know, I love the bonsai trees. It's, it's, like a, it's like a thing. It's a small habit. I'm not good at it. I'm clearly not good at keeping them alive. <laughs> Typically, I've been blaming it on the fact that we've gone on vacation and the people watching our house, i.e. my sister, have just not taken good care of the bonsais <laughs> and then they've died. But I've had three. I had Carleek during the, the year Carleek Jones was here. Carleek was a great bonsai, passed away, unfortunately. Lived a good life. I had Haley, Haley Van Lith, who appropriately <laughs> passed away and then transferred right afterwards. And then I, this Christmas, I got Jeff. And Jeff has been, it was right after we hired Jeff Brom. Jeff's been the best, best bonds I've ever, ever had. Very low maintenance. You leave him outside during the all, all months of the year. Just light watering during the summer. That's all you have to do. He sprouted beautiful pink blooms out of nowhere this summer. I didn't even know that he did it. It's like a magnolia bonsai. It was gorgeous. It was incredible. But so I'm, the only time you're supposed to have to take this type of bonsai tree inside is if it's like ungodly cold. If it gets to like zero degrees, there's like a snowstorm, take him out. I left him out like pretty much all winter. He was great. I think the excessive heat has killed Jeff <laughs> from last week. Okay, Jeff on. is he, all the the, the 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 foliage, all the leaves have turned brown. They're they're falling off. The the, the bark is getting like ash gray and snapping off. Like Jeff's dead. Yeah. And this is the worst possible timing for that to happen. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> Jeff the Bonsai is about to officially die, and that's not good news. Two, on the way in today, on the way as I'm listening to a Georgia Tech podcast on the way in for the show, my wife texts me and she said, I'm listening to the she's listening to the latest Car Chronicle podcast, and she said a CC podcast. Don't don't sue me. <laughs> she's I'm listening to the latest podcast, and I just remember that I dreamed last night that we lost our game tomorrow night. Five seconds after I get that text, I'm listening to the Georgia Tech uh, podcast. They've got a wide receiver named Rutherford on their team. Yeah. I hate all of this. <laughs> I don't know what Rutherford. we need to do in the last 24 in the next 24 hours. We got the vibes are noticeably off right now. Yeah, I'm concerned on the fact that you're like murdering bonsai trees at like a very record rate. <laughs> it sounds like. Blame climate change. <laughs> don't blame me. This is not I mean, my you fault. You had three bonsais in three years. We get bonds that are tough to take care of. Really? Because I just did a Google and it says they last up to 10 to 100 years. Well, you they're can't tough get to me. take care of. <laughs> they die. So this thing lasts up to minimum 10 years. You're killing it in six months. First of all, the first one was my what sister's the hell, fault. She, man? Took, she took full advantage. She just did not water it. I came back home. It was th- Carleek was thriving. I came back from vacation. Carleek was done. It's like the bonsai widower over here. Like Haley, some serial killer. Bonsai. Haley got knocked over. That was, the, that was Penny's fault. That was the dog's fault. This one, I. Clearly climate change. <laughs> well, I mean, Je- you're not supposed to be able to kill this bonsai. Like, you just leave it outside. You don't do anything with no it, with and it. it's going to be fine. And the fact that it's happening on game week is making me 
a little bit uh, a, l- a little bit nervous about tomorrow night. I mean, I think I could survive a bonsai longer than you. I don't think you could. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, all I got to do is keep it alive for a year, and I've won the bet. By the way, the, the Nolan Smith tweets, I was, I was wrong. They actually, they, I think they started before we even started the show. It looks like 301 was when the first one came. We weren't even on the air at that point. So <laughs> the text line already, oh, man. they got the assignment. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> Not a good day, man. <laughs> no, we, we've got... We, we've got I can't believe you're killing the trees vibes, left the vibes right. are very bad. <laughs> we've got a small amount of time to get this fixed. I don't know how we do it, but we're going to have to do it either today. I may need to hit my first hole-in-one ever tomorrow on the golf course. There you go. That would be nice. That would be. I've never hit one. I've never seen one. I've never, <laughs> never been a part of one. That may need to happen if we're going to win this football game tomorrow night. I'm putting it all on myself because God knows Trevor's not going to do anything. Love of God, don't buy any more bonsai trees, dude. Oh, I'm getting another one. No, don't. <laughs> I'm getting another bonsai. <laughs> you walk in the town. You, 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 you need to get a new bonsai tomorrow morning. They've all been gifts, though. So, yeah. I've still got one that's good. He's <laughs> got one back up. That one's, I've, had, I've had four. I've got one that's alive. It's been there for like three years. Oh, wow, wow, look at that. It's pretty much because you just keep it in the basement and don't do anything. trooper, man, he's hanging on. (laughs) Well, Jeff's supposed to be the same way, but (laughs) climate change. Excessive heat. Blamed for everything. Uh, Keith, the last time we talked to you is more, we were were talking, it was kind of like a little summer update. You've now been out, you've seen the team practice a a handful of times during fall camp. I'm sure you've read the stuff since, uh, since they started closing camps. Has your overall view of the the makeup of this season and what you expect, has it been altered at all by what you've seen and what you've heard over the last? I mean, we, we lost MJ Griffin. That affects the secondary a little bit. We don't really know what the other injuries are. I think we, you know, you've seen some different things from the quarterbacks. How are you feeling overall about this season compared to where you were like two months ago? Um, you know, I, I, it really hasn't altered much. I would say, you know, you kind of know with MJ Griffin going down is a, is a pretty substantial hit. Not just from the standpoint of he's a playmaker, he's a good player, um, but I think the the depth in the secondary was such a big factor of what they tried to do this all season. And they went out and got a ton of DBs, uh, even though they really didn't lose a lot from last year, other than you know Trey Clark. Uh, you know they had they had some depth, they had some guys come in, but they, even during the summer they brought in more guys. So um, you know I think that's a substantial blow to the defense, and and obviously the defense. I know Jeff Brum's an offensive coach, and obviously everyone's. I've done for the offense. I think the defense is going to be such a big factor of whether or not the season goes well or not. So losing your, you know, one of your top players is obviously huge. But you know, I think that the guys they brought in, I think, are going to be really, uh, really good pieces from a depth standpoint, especially the offensive line spot. So I think they've only gotten better from a from a how I feel about how the season would go. I feel like it's only gotten better because they've brought in more guys, and and the guys they brought in, I think, can be contributors or. Or at least give you the the sense of comfort that if someone goes down with an injury, you should be fine. Uh, unfortunately, MJ Griffin, you know, going down, and D'Angelo Hutchinson, who was right. with the first group in in the spring because of uh, Josh Minkins' injury, you know, that's two guys that I think they were going to be expecting to play a lot this year. That that, and we don't know how long Hutchinson's out. But those two guys, you know, now now you're bringing in, now you're you know you're a little bit less, you don't have as much depth as you thought you're going to have. Um, but I think they're going to be in good shape there. The secondary is really the key point, and I think uh, the defense has the potential to be better than what we saw the Purdue for the last couple of years. Uh, so that's definitely an exciting part of it to me. Let's also note that you know Trevor's the reason why Andre Griffin got hurt for the year. He was supposed to be eat a salad. He <laughs> ate part of a salad. And well, let's note that it, if we lose tomorrow, it's because of Mike not watching Suicide. Not, not true. Not no, true at yeah. all. Don't take the blame there. Not true at all. Because we know. I mean, we already know how you, you handle like you know trees. I mean, you kill the kill. <laughs> you kill a tree. Don't kill the season too, dude. Stop. 
It's really when the bad vibes start, if you're really being honest. MJ Griffin going down out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I eat some salad. I mean, yeah. hey, if I had eat, if, if, if it had been my fault, he would only like had a, like a sprain or something because of the amount of salad I ate. What? <laughs> <laughs> Two bites the first time. Yeah, that's not worth it. Out. That's not like a torn ACL. That's like a sprained ankle or something. That's absolutely. You, no. Yes. <laughs> you had a huge salad. You had two bites. You spit one out. And then you ate a strawberry. <laughs> That's absolutely a torn ACL. We'll never get past that damn strawberry. No. You liked it. You're like, strawberry's pretty good. The strawberry was good. <laughs> opposed to the poisonous chicken. Not poisonous. It was poisonous. They tried to poison me, Keith. Well, you know, things happen sometimes. They, they <laughs> sometimes did things happen sometimes. <laughs> Maybe they knew you. Trevor and I have talked about this during the week. There's a, and I hate to like, you know, we're, we're being kind of, I feel like the, the negativity is, is permeating throughout the first segment of the show here with the, the negative vibes and all this stuff. But the setup to this game, it does feel oddly similar to like last year's game as far as you've got to, like, I, I listen to, I've read some Georgia Tech stuff. I've listened to a couple of their, their fan podcasts. They view this game as more of a 50-50 deal. Like they, they, mm-hmm. They're looking at this, they're saying, you know. We've got six games on our schedule that seem like they're 50-50. We've got a few that we feel like we should lose, maybe some that we should win. Like, we have a chance to be a bowl team this year based off what we saw from Brent Key at the end of last year. Louisville fans are looking at this, and despite it being you know just a 7.5-point spread, I feel like just about every U L fan is like, we're, we're going to win this game. Like, we, we yeah. should win it. You're not seeing many people that are like, we're going to win it 44-3 to or anything, but it's, it's not quite like last year's Syracuse game where people thought we were going to go up there and win big. But it is a team that is picked to finish near the bottom of the conference. It's a team that has not been great recently. You've got some hype for your own team. You're, you know, it's 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 away from home. It's technically an away game. You're playing at a big stadium. Yeah. It's like a combination of the 2017 Purdue game, I feel like, and last year's Syracuse game, which doesn't make me feel overly <laughs> great. Although we did win the Purdue game. Right. The one thing that I'm kind of holding on to is Jeff Brom historically has been pretty good in season openers. Like he he has mm-hmm. his teams ready to play. I liked hearing – he doesn't give a whole lot away during his media availability or the radio shows or anything like that, but I did like hear him, hearing him emphasize, you know, we're going to control what we can control. Like, you're not going to outwork us in week one, right. which is a far cry from last year when we lose by 24 and Satterfield's like, they just wanted it more than us. I'm like, it's week one. <laughs> How in the world does that happen? Right. So, But uh, th- this feels like – I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not predicting a loss. It feels like it's kind of a – DL creepy, intimidating first week, first yeah, game. A little bit because you know the way that Georgia Tech finished the year with their new coach last year, I think was is key there. You know, I think you know his first game, he got a road, you know, ranked road win against Pitt. You know, that's coming, you know, coming from where they were with Jeff Collins, who was just laughably bad. Yeah, for him to just take over the same team and be able to go on the road and get a win and a pretty good win. I, I, I watched that game uh, a short while back, and they, that wasn't a fluke win. Um, I think I, I think that's where some of that that Georgia Tech energy is coming from. I think their fans should be, you know, it's, it's the same thing. You know, you got a you know a guy who an alma mater, you know, who who played there and all that stuff, and that excitement is always going to be is always going to show. But I do think that they're they lost a lot of key guys from a team that wasn't that great. Yeah, I mean NFL guys, and when you do that, it's very hard to just you know plug a new guys in and and, and expect the same production. Uh, even with the portal, I mean, you know, you, you know, even though you think, hey, you just go out and get another guy, it's not really easy for teams at Georgia Tech's level or Louisville's level or anyone's level. You know, you, you know, those top players go to the elite team still. So, I think that's the biggest thing for me of why I don't have a lot of confidence that Georgia Tech's going to just 
continue where they where they left off um, because they just lost so much so much talent. Um, and I don't know that there's anything on that team that is a proven commodity of this guy is going to be a guy that we're going to have a problem with. Even though I like the talent to have, I think Hayes King is a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I like their their wide receivers are very talented. None of them are really proven commodity guys. You know, Christian Leary came from Alabama, looked really good in the spring game. Malik Rutherford. How good is Rutherford? That's what I wanted. Rutherford is, is good. Uh, my heart a, can't take literally and figuratively <laughs> a Rutherford scoring like a game winning touchdown to beat Louisville in Jeff Brom's first game. He's talented, man. He's he's a guy that I think is going to be a key player for them. Um, you know, I I think he's their top receiver, but you know they've kind of got a four or five guys that that, that I think they're going to be relying on, and you know that's the thing is who's going to be the guy. I don't know if they really even know that yet going into the season. So when you have those things, it's it's kind of hard because when you those tough moments in the game when you need a big third down conversion, who's your who's the receiver you go to? You know, right. you want those things, and you really might not find that out until game three. So you know, and then on the defense side of the ball, they lost a the guy, Keon White, who was a, I think a first rounder to the Patriots. I mean, you know, you don't just don't replace that very easily. So you know, they, they, I think I get their fans' excitement. Um, I wouldn't say it's fifty fifty. I don't think this is a game that Louisville should be in a position where they potentially lose or lose or anything like that. But I'm, I don't know if it's a blowout, right? I think it's going to be a little bit closer. Um, but I do think that Louisville should be winning by at least they should be covering the spread easily. Let me just say, thinking about it now, because there aren't a whole lot like Rutherford's as a as a whole. We are few. We are proud. <laughs> but you don't, you don't, Rutherford's not a name that you see a lot gracing the, the the world of professional athletics or college athletics for that matter. In the last year, three of my teams have faced players with the last name Rutherford now. It will be three on Friday. When we played UK in volleyball this year, which was like a highly touted match, yeah. I remember one of their best players was was Rutherford. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't care for this. Like she's, <laughs> She was killing us at the beginning of the match, too. And then just last month, the, the Reds were playing the Nationals, and they had a Rutherford making his Major League debut against the Reds. Now, the good news is... We won both those games prior. Like they, the, the Reds beat the Nationals this was before the, the Reds got swept by the Nationals. But the Reds beat the Nationals, and UK Volleyball lost to UFL Volleyball. So, potentially good vibes, good vibes with, with the Rutherford for good George? Vibes. I don't know. But it just, I don't, the, the prospects of getting beaten by a Rutherford just don't. you got to take the good vibes when they come, man. That's, don't sit well with Those me. are good vibes. I was listening on the, on the way into the, this Georgia Tech podcast, and they were talking about the decision to make Haynes King the quarterback. And, I did wonder if there was some surprise there because Zach Pyron was a big part of GT going 4-4 four and four down the stretch. He led the, the game-winning drive against Virginia Tech, which was an impressive win for them. And they were kind of saying, it's this interesting deal where Brent Key has coached eight games now, coached the last eight games of last season, but still getting the job a month into the year didn't really have a chance to implement his own system. He still was basically running mostly Jeff Collins stuff uh, during the last two-thirds of that year. They were saying you, you, Haynes King is maybe a little bit faster than Zach Pyron, but Pyron's more of a running quarterback than he is a, a passing quarterback. And they were saying giving the ball to King sort of leads them to believe that they're going to be more of a balanced offense, maybe a little bit more pass-heavy than people were, 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 were assuming, and, and certainly more than Collins had. I mean, do you think that's the case? It sounded like he had a great yeah. spring game. He sounds like he can, he can sling it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Should we expect more of a – I don't want to say aerial attack, but more of a, a passing game from Georgia Tech than we've seen in the past. Yeah, that was my takeaway uh, on that decision. Um, Pyron, talented kid, um, but definitely not not your guy that's going to go out there and hit 65, 75, 70% of his passes. And 
is a little bit more of a run guy. So then you you're, you're skewed, right? It's it's kind of hard. And I do think, I mean, I really do. I was impressed by their wide receivers, um, just guys going and making plays and looking athletic and just I didn't really expect that to be honest with you um I know they've had some good receivers there with Georgia Tech over the last few years but some of their guys that didn't play last year and they were on the field looked really good in their spring game um to the point where it made sense to have a quarterback out there that they could be more balanced to your point their running back situation is pretty good they've got Dante Smith who's a veteran back they've got Travion Cooley who's Mm -hmm. now going by Trey down there you know you've got kind of two guys that you know you can at least rely on to run the football but you can't. I don't think either one of them are guys that are going to be a bell cow kind of running back. You've got to have some kind of balance. And then you throw in Hayes King as a guy who can run some option stuff. You really kind of open up the entire field when you when you play him as opposed to Pyron, where yeah, you're going to be a little bit more run heavy, uh, a little bit easier to stop. And then he's not going to. I don't think he's shown a consistent ability to throw the football to the point where you feel like he's going to take you and and win you close games with his arm. Uh, all the time, where King gives you a little bit more options uh, and gives you like that dual threat uh, that you that you want, especially when you have a good running game. So it makes sense to me, and I think King is is, is a plenty good runner. That's the other part, I guess, to me is that it's not like he's a uh, you know Pyron's a faster guy to your point, but I don't think King is a slouch when it comes to running the football. They were they were saying that King looks like more of a passing quarterback, but I guess when they did the like the forties during spring practice or whatever. King ran the, the faster time than Pyron, so he's like, like he's you know he, he's not a dual threat quarterback, but he can get out there and run a little mm-hmm. bit. He just Pyron kind of is more of the bruiser, more of the physical guy, right. and probably just the better. I mean, there are guys like that that just you know their speed translates more into the actual field than yep, the people absolutely. who are typically faster. I mean, we always I thought always thought it was funny when we would do the forty times when Lamar Jackson was here. Yeah, he would wind up being like the seventh, eighth, ninth fastest guy on the team, and you're yeah. like, well, what the hell? And then you get on the field, and it's like, well, he looks like he's light years faster than anybody <laughs> else out there. It's just kind of a, a different yeah. deal. Uh, yeah, Georgia Tech needs to to find a new way to get transfer running backs because they, they Hassan Hall was there last year. <laughs> he leaves. They bring in Trey Cooley this year. You want to talk about something that I really can't take is yeah, Malik Rutherford would be one thing, but Trey Cooley, a guy who was like we loved on the show. I I, I thought that Trevion Cooley was going to be. He showed a lot of flashes at times. Yep. He very passive-aggressively liked tweets from other programs throughout his two years here, which was fine. Always kept you guessing. Yeah, always. I'm like, this guy's going to NC State, I think, tomorrow, it looks like. Uh, he ended up not going to NC State, but he did stay in conference, as for whatever reason, everybody in the ACC tends to do. Yep. And I would, I, I'll, I'll be heartbroken if he has a monster game against us tomorrow, which is, I mean, possible. Like, he's, a, he's a talented kid. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I, I watched him in the spring game as well. I think the big thing for him is he's same thing he did here. He caught the ball really well out of the backfield, uh, and they had some stuff for him that they were specifically designing things to get him the ball out in space. So, you know, I do I do think this offense it's it's a uh, yeah I'm I'm not going to remember the offensive coordinator's name, but he came from a, from from Georgia, and we've seen Georgia over the last few years really kind of change their style of offense from that bruising running game to being very multiple where they can spread you out, they can throw the ball around, they can sling it around, or they can go back to, you know, that power running game. And, you know, I'm really interested to see what this new offense looks like because that was really the main change that Brent Key made. Their um, their 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 defensive coordinator still there. They kind of keep the same scheme there, but on offense, it should be different than what they had. And to your point, he didn't really have the time to implement what he wanted. He went out and hired the guy that he wanted right after the season and and – I think they're going to do some different things. It's going to be hard to prepare for them because, you know, there's no real tape on the offense other than a spring game. 
Um, so th- those things factor in, and you know, like I said, they've got talent. Uh, it's no no doubt about it. I just don't they don't really have a star yet. Or, you know, the big time player that you know you got to worry about. But sometimes when you have a whole wealth of just a bunch of guys that are kind of under the radar a little bit, uh, you never know who's going to break out. Yeah, it reminds me of a little bit last year. We sort of just scoffed at the fact that you know Syracuse had gotten Robert and I from Virginia to be the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator because you know, it was a lot of the same pieces for that Syracuse team that we had just blistered yep. a couple of years before, and we're like, eh, good luck. The new offensive coordinator is <laughs> not going to change that much. And now you look at this and you're like, well, I'll give it a little bit of credit. Yep. It can make a difference for sure. Yeah. Uh, we got to take our first break. When we come back, we'll we'll take some thoughts from you guys on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. A couple of things that we want to get to today. We'll talk uh, preview a little bit of tonight's games in college football Thursday. The, f- the first time we get some really marquee matchups. No disrespect to Notre Dame Navy, but it's going to be a fun Thursday night <laughs> of college football. Keith Wynn is here. Trevor Kelsey's here. Mike Rutherford's here. We'll be back right here on 1450 and 961, the Big X. Baby, Giving us jock jams today is what was happening here. <laughs> 1990. Your mic's not on, by the way. Jock jams 1990. Jock jams 1990. I mean, why are you playing songs from the year that Georgia Tech won the national championship? Because it's the 90s. The vibes are off. They didn't really win. They only won a share of the title. Still. Really think. The most unforgettable champ. Most forgettable champion ever, by the way. I don't care. They're still, you're, you're, you're making me think about well, it. By first of all, they won in 1990, not 90s. I thought you said 1990. Sorry. No, it is plural, 90s. Okay, gotcha. Guess who else was around in the 90s? Jeff Brom. That's right. Portal Liberty Bowl. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's all I care about. He jumped on the train and store. rode it. <laughs> Before we get to the, uh, the, the, the Thornton's text line. What a way to get pumped up for the game than Jock Jams, though. I agreed. Thank you. Takes me back to Little League Baseball. Uh, before we get to the Thornton uh, sex line, Prime. did you guys see the Nebraska volleyball last night? I oh, thought awesome, it was. Man. I did. Yeah. I, I thought it was incredibly cool. Like I, I didn't know how it was going to look. I think we may have mentioned it in passing yesterday that they were trying to set this uh, this new record for because Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like a funny thing. Wisconsin broke Nebraska's volleyball attendance record last year. They did this thing where they played at the Cole Center and they had, I don't know, like 18, 19,000 people. And Nebraska's like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, that was all they we're going to take your record and we're going to more than quadruple it. And also, in the process, set a record for the most fans to attend a women's sporting event in the history of Earth, which is exactly what they did last night. <laughs> what was the old record? Do we know exactly? It's 92-something. It was, like, it was, I think it was like 91-something. Like, yeah, yeah, last night soccer was... match in Spain, I want to say. Yeah. Last night was ninety two oh three. I was oh, like, yeah, sorry, it was yeah. ninety one something. Yeah, yeah. yeah they because the, yeah they knew that they were going to get ninety thousand. It was a matter of if they could get like that extra two thousand to break the old record, and and they did. I mean, it was what? a and it wasn't like a fluky thing either. They they announced that they were going to do this thing. They're going to play the volleyball match 
inside the football stadium. They yeah. put tickets on sale. They sold out in 48 hours. I think they had a concert there, too, if I'm not mistaken. Did they? Yeah, they did. Like, well, that's what kind of the Reds do to get their highest attendance in Great America. Oh, yeah. yeah. They did, like, a Zach Brown concert before the game. and like, it's hey, like it's we're our- here for the gin blossoms. <laughs> we're not here for the Mets. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. Not the first time a sporting event used that trick. <laughs> but Nebraska also, and I found this out last night. Nebraska volleyball. I didn't. I did not know this. Is the only revenue-producing women's college sports program. Like really? they, they make money. Even like UConn basketball, so. all these sports like that do it. Tickets. Like ne- Nebraska sell. They sell it. They sold it every single match for billions of years. People go crazy over over Nebraska volleyball, and you can see why Danny Busboom Kelly would have it put in her contract that there's no buyout for Nebraska yeah. if she. You know, it's the the worst kept secret in the world that when their head coach winds up calling it a career, she's going to, to leave and take that job. Which look, I I hope Nebraska has a lot of success moving forward, just slightly less than us, so we can keep <laughs> DBK for as long as we can. But they played. A, I was also I, I couldn't figure out. Yeah, you know, there's all this attention nationally on what's going on. All the, the the video shots are very cool. They come out to the the Bulls theme, and mm-hmm. you know that was awesome. I could not find who they were playing because I, like, I was like, is oh, this going to be a, is this going to oh, be a good match or yeah. is this going to be you know someone they're going to roll over because it would be kind of crappy if they had ninety two thousand people for a match that they wind up losing. And yeah, they ended up it was Nebraska Omaha, so it was not much of an issue for them. Yeah, but, I was kind of hoping it was going to be a huge match too. But to yeah. your point, yeah, it's like yeah, that'd be really well, bad think, if everybody's going home real disappointed. You know, because you know we went out there last year and and, and beat them in straight sets, mm-hmm. like yeah, swept yeah. them, and that was a, a huge deal. And I think we've beaten them twice now in the last few years since DBK mm-hmm. got here. So it, you know, it was they're not unbeatable at home, but it's smart to if you're going to do this thing, make it more of a, a spectacle. Yeah. Make sure that you can win the match. You're not going to play like a D three school, but let's yeah. I mean, if you're going for let's a play record, the Bellarmine of, of Nebraska. If you're going right. for ninety seven thousand people. I mean, it probably makes sense to have Nebraska play a team, local team that's going to help bring in other locals. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Totally makes sense. It didn't help the Omaha Storm Chasers' attendance against the Bats, but you know, <laughs> imagine being like the two hundred Nebraska Omaha fans in attendance. Like, all right. Let's go Mavericks. <laughs> At one point, though, Kern even said in the bracket, he's like, kind of a sparse crowd here tonight. And I'm like, okay, this is before I even saw the volleyball highlights. I was like, okay, that's kind of sad. They used to do good crowd. It's an easy excuse for the Then chasers. I saw, yeah, I was like, wait a second. We'd have a packed house yeah. here if not for Nebraska volleyball. <laughs> but, and at first, when, when they announced attendance of three people over 90,000, I thought the record was like 90,001. I was like, here we are, 90,003. <laughs> like, Yeah. So, uh, I guess they've set the bar, so we have to do 92,005? Yes. I mean, <laughs> can we just play a volleyball match like on Derby Day in the infield and be like, there's 123,000 people here? <laughs> yes. Do the Louisville Live thing where it's like, we had 75,000 people show up to Louisville Live. Why don't we just put it like the airport? Up like, from 963 the year before. <laughs> we'll just put it in the, like, the middle of the airport and be like, anybody who's arriving and departing that day counts. I'm good with that. That's, that's <laughs> I did see like a lot of people that were like, let's put Louisville live at Cardinal Stadium and let's have a similar. I'm like, guys, <laughs> I hate to break it to you. We put Louisville live at Cardinal Stadium. It's not going to look like that yeah. right now. No, no. I wonder what kind of concert we'd have to do to get that many people there. Yeah, we're going to have to have, we're gonna have Jay Wright as the next head coach we're with a Jay-Z, to- Beyonce, Taylor Swift triple feature coming up afterwards. I was thinking more of a resurrection of Prince and, and, and like Michael Jackson together doing a tandem. Like they were, they've been resurrected from life. Here they go. It would One time great. only. Michael from hell, Prince from heaven. They meet at Cardinal Stadium. Yeah, the previous <laughs> The previous record was was ninety thousand one hundred eighty five people that attended the the women's World Cup soccer final. Remember the, the famous ninety nine run? 
mm-hmm. where Team USA played China at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, and okay. Brandy Chastain rips off the shirt. Oh, was that the original? Was that the record they beat? That was the, the record they beat. It was oh. they beat them by. It looks like about uh, about twenty people. They no, had, no offense to Nebraska's volleyball, but that's just not as memorable as, as the Chastain play. And, and it's not, record. but Nebraska fans are insane. And if you tell them, yes. if you give them a test, they're going to probably pass it. Typically, I mean, hell, they've been they've they've been selling out for a below average football team for the last thirty years, well, and there's no sign of that stopping anytime soon. What was it last year? They they were well short of a sellout, and like a a, a booster bought all the tickets, so yeah. they would still be they could keep their record alive. Which also. Stuff. I, I mean, money buy a recruit if you're gonna. I'm not. I, I'm not here to call shenanigans on Nebraska, but the more people that I, I, I meet in sports, the more I realize every attendance number is just. You know, yeah. <laughs> the numbers are fun. <laughs> you know, like they'll announce something. Like, you, you'll see somebody like I'll, I'll see like a, a franchise where I know somebody that they work for, and they'll announce some sort of new record. I'm like, hey man, congratulations. He's like, we had about six thousand less. Than that, but, <laughs> you know, we we weren't gonna not break the record on a night where we said we were going to break the record. Right. So it's <laughs> were they actually were there actually ninety two thousand people there? I don't know, but my God, the, uh, the the stands were all packed. The the seats that they had on the field around the the court were were all full. That so. wasn't even well. They had spots where you could walk around. I mean, could you imagine if they'd filled mm-hmm. that whole thing up? I mean, it's one hundred ten thousand. So it's pretty unreal. It was, yeah. it was quite the sight, and it was a very cool thing uh, for for Nebraska volleyball to pull off. All right, Thornton's sex line is 502-414-1450. We will take some texts from you guys. Texture says, <laughs> "Love the first text of the day." <laughs> Jeffersonville soccer team swept Seymour this week. The vibes are getting better for the weekend. Yeah, there you, there you go. Does that make okay. you feel better? <laughs> I feel more go confident. Go Red Devils. Uh, Their volleyball game just got canceled. I think I just saw. <laughs> yeah, Red Devils volleyball postponed due to facility issues. They just canceled the entire season right <laughs> after that. Texture says, is it true that folks still use Yahoo for fantasy, also use AOL for email, asking for a friend? Oh, I absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely. Who, I thought Yahoo was still the king for fantasy football. Oh, no. ESPN's better than Yahoo. Well, no. It's like TJ over there. ESPN sucks. I mean, I've been in one ESPN league. I'll never do it again. No, I'm, I'm, I prefer their league. They're, they're set up over the Yahoo. But I thought there's like some new setup that everybody's talking about that they're using. It's, I mean, the one I used last night was a weird website I'd never been on. Like, it was like Fan Facts or something. Maybe that's what it is. But I feel like everyone is switching to that one. But Yahoo has always been my favorite for. I'm in two leagues now. I only do two, and they're they're both Yahoo. Have you had your mm-hmm. uh, your big your old your your buddies league the, the one you get rele- relegated on if you come in last? Have you done that league yet? No, it's uh, <laughs> Monday's the draft. Monday. Okay. We always wait for the week of the first game. We wait as long as we possibly can because we it, there's no point. We have so many guys that live out of town now. There's no. We used to try to find a date where we could all get together and do it in person. You just do it, but there's yeah, we, yeah. There's no. I mean, we have people that live all over the, the country. So yeah, back in the day. We'd have some drafts that were like July 3rd, and it's like, oh, no, my best player is out for the year before we even got to preseason, yeah. which kind of sucks. So now, because we just do it remotely, we, we wait as long as we can. What's the relegation story, though? So. <laughs> this is interesting to me. Yeah, we, I, I was against this. Apologies to <laughs> Jason Walsh. But so we had we initially started this well, league. You call people out. I don't call my people out. You just. You know, well, he's in the league now, so he got his way. But, oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> we started this Without league a boat. our senior year of high school. Like this is like this is like the twentieth year now of it, which is crazy. But we started with ten guys. We all went to, to Trinity, and then after first year, it was very obvious that one of the guys had this. Is, but Joe Scola, who was a golfing legend, but he showed up at our draft, had no idea that he had to like be prepared for it, took Chad Pennington with the second pick, didn't update his team the entire year, could not have cared less, so we're like, all right, you're gone. So we bring in one of our friends from, from St. X, actually, he fills his spot. After we go to college, and I think it was the second year, one of our friends goes to Miami of Ohio. He doesn't know anybody there. So he starts, he meets a girl that he ends up marrying. He's pledging his return. He's got a lot going on, but he 
doesn't update his team. So we're like, I'm, I'm sorry, like rules are rules. You're gone. Yeah. yeah. And he's been upset about this ever since. So, like, you know, he's very – we bring in somebody else from – there's another Santa's guy. We have two Santa's kids in our league now. Unfortunately, they've, they've, been, <laughs> they've been successful. It makes, it makes the entire Trinity school look bad. But so, like, Walsh has been pleading to get back in the league for a long time, and we couldn't decide on a 12th person to add. There was nobody else that fit the real – the mindset of the group. Right. A lot of nominees were thrown out there, but nobody, nobody really fit. So the only thing we came up with was we could – Relegate the last place person every year, and they just have to they still have to pay dues, <laughs> but they sit out that entire season. Right. I was against that because I don't. I was like, I was like, if I sit out a year, I'm not paying. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this this sounds awful. This sucks. But so we agreed to it, and we, we finally did. And the, the first person to get relegated is the only person who's never won our league in the 20 years that it existed, which was <laughs> hilarious, but but also sad. He's back in now this year, and the the, the second person to get relegated was our league commissioner, who does the commissioner every <laughs> single year. Can so, you imagine had to be a commissioner of a league and not be active, and that would just be well. He, you can't do it now, so he had to hand over the reins after he like set the league up this year. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's been. It, but I was one of the four people that voted against this. It passed with a six to four vote. I was shocked. <laughs> Did not think it was going to ever pass. Uh, but we have a relegation system now, which I I still don't like. But it's it does make it more like, you know, when you we have ten guys, six guys make the playoffs. And when you're at, firmly out of the playoffs, like you're terrified. Yeah. Like, like, you're, like those last three weeks, you're like, oh my god, yeah. like I cap. I think. I mean, I feel like it makes sense because you got to take it seriously all the way through. It's terrifying. Yeah. I, I started. I, I ended up losing in the championship last year, but I started like one and four, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna have so much time on my hands next fall. This is gonna be awful. <laughs> I like that. I think it's a good idea. I don't do fantasy, but I would if if I still did fantasy football, yeah, I'd love that. It's yeah. It, it's a the lot. pain dues part would probably bother me. Other than that, though, I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, nobody else has a problem with it. I'm like, I might just quit. Like, you guys can have 10 after that. I might be done if I ever finish the 10th again. Texture says, catching up on the pod yesterday, the Benz in New Orleans is now Caesar Superdome. Yeah, we. I don't know if you watched any of Brent Key's media availability on, I guess it was Tuesday. Yeah, a little he bit. He commonly refers to Mercedes-Benz Stadium as the Benz, which I don't know if I've ever heard anybody else say that, but I don't like it. Yeah, I've never Limit, heard Limit, the, the Superdome's not Mercedes-Benz Superdome anymore? Uh, apparently not. It's now the Caesar Superdome. Like Little Caesar's Pizza, Caesar's Casino. Caesar's I would assume. Oh, probably yeah. yeah it's probably, probably no, not, there's no probably about it. That's, <laughs> probably, that's what it is. Well, Little Caesar's has the the, the the stadium in Detroit. If it was what, and is it called the Caesar's <laughs> Stadium? The I'm sure. Caesar. I'm assuming it's called the Little Caesar's. I think it's stadium. called Little Caesar's. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to keep up with stadium names anymore. I, are, I, I, I'm with okay. you. Yeah. I, I was. Uh, I went to Chicago for work, and I, I purposely drove through downtown and like Comiskey Park. Same. That's what it's going to be forever. Yeah. For, and, and, well, now they're apparently moving, but whatever. I still call yeah. it New Comiskey because I remember Old Comiskey. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. When they had the Ronald Acuna thing with the fans this week, everybody keeps saying, I'm like, where? I'm like, no, it's it's Comiskey Park. Yeah. We're not calling it anywhere else. Yeah. It's, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, not, I'm never going to call Twitter X. I'm done. Yeah. I still call San Francisco Candlestick. Jack Murphy in San Diego. Couldn't even tell you what they're called now. So, yeah, yeah. there you go. I mean, I, call, I, I still call stadiums that don't even exist anymore that by the old names. Like, I mean. <laughs> Where the twins play, Humphrey Dome. Don't play the dome. <laughs> Texas, I need the Keith Wynn versus Nolan Smith T. The scandal is over. I need the drum. You've asked for this every day this week. The first time you asked for it, I, I told the story on Tuesday. <laughs> we, have, we have the records of your text. You can dude. go, yeah, you can go back and listen, <laughs> listen to Tuesday's podcast. I think it was about, uh, like, like, right after you said the text, like 4.30. I told the entire story. We're good. Texas says Jeff needs water. He doesn't need water. He's gotten plenty of water. He's in the middle of a deluge on Friday night. He to be saved from that death hole that you call a house. I mean. He's done. <laughs> what, he stays outside. He's an outside plant. They're supposed to be easier. I don't, think, I, don't think, I don't think bonsais are ever really outside plants, are they? Yes. 
The only one I remember ever seeing outside was in Karate Kid 2, and that didn't, didn't work out well for it either. Or no, Karate Kid 3. Your bonsai actually. knowledge can't be limited to Karate Kid 2. Well, I mean, he kept him alive a lot longer than you did. It's, it's an like, hour and a half movie. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I stand by my statement. I mean, <laughs> Jeff has been alive for a solid eight months, nine months now. Good job, oh, man. man. I'm not gonna buy. I'm I'm seriously gonna go buy a bonsai and see if I can keep it alive. I would love. Yeah, you, you have to you have to prune them. I've you, never you gotta get bonsai scissors. Well, I guess I didn't know the bonsais were like. I only the only time I remember hearing anything about a bonsai tree was what Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. That's yeah, why my fascination started. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I didn't know people who, actually. That was I didn't know this was a thing. You have to after, after like a year, you're supposed to like repot them, and I'm like, eh, that's, that's, that's seriously that's so bad. myself. <laughs> y'all make me feel like ashamed of my Saved by the Bell knowledge over. We had the bonsai and Saved by the Bell. Uh, Mr. Belding, and yeah. then Screech said he knew everything about Belding, uh, about Bonsai's and pruned it and like, ended up just cutting all the leaves off. <laughs> yeah. It's when he was killing time on Zach's cut day. He's trying oh, to distract so Your inner Screech, okay. No. <laughs> I know how to prune. <laughs> Don't question my pruning. <laughs> Texas says, I just tuned in. What the hell happened? What have I missed? Has KP left yet? No, not that I, no. Not that I know of. <laughs> I've not checked Twitter recently, so maybe, but I don't think so. We are Look, we're not going to get on basketball stuff. We're, 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 we're focused here. <laughs> Texas, as I hear, oh my God, this is a long text. As I hear the recent uh, of the recent heinous acts of theft at Big X Studio, I've been deeply concerned for the safety of poor Mike and Trevor. Yeah. Not only are their belongings not safe, but we cannot stand by and ignore the potential dangers that may befall them at the hand of one John Spears. This is I can't read this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> at the end, he just says uh, object lesson. I think he compared us to something called the Booty Warrior. I see Booty Warrior <laughs> yeah, there out, from yeah. the Boondocks. I never, I never, I never watched Boondocks. It says object lesson: just because you see something you like doesn't give you the right to just take it. Consent matters, John. Give back the bobblehead. Give back <laughs> the memories, and give your soul to the Lord before it's too late. <laughs> That's the most shocking. And I did not listen. I've not listened to Spear's show today. But the most shocking thing was Spear's show yesterday. Just, I thought it was going to be some sort of misunderstanding. No, he just said, "I saw it. I like it. I took it." <laughs> And there's lots of stuff missing in the studio now that Spears and we. I, I reached out to the to, to Dugan Ryan. Actually, Dugan reached out to us when we were talking about this on the air. Spears' story is that Dugan told him all this memorabilia out there. When we move studios, you can have what you want. One, we have not moved studios, so just taking stuff right now makes no sense. Two, Dugan said absolutely not that that's not what happened at all. Dugan never said that. This, these are Dugan's texts where, text where he's referring to himself in the third person. He says, <laughs> Dugan did not say that. Dugan told him he could have a bird poster. Dugan did not say, hey, John, just take whatever you want. He said, some of that stuff I had in my boyhood bedroom, I would never just say, hey, take whatever you want. Well, to which the- I responded, I think you should fire him. <laughs> <laughs> the boyhood bedroom stuff he's referring to is the stuff that would be behind what was normally behind Keith, which was the, like the, the, the old school NFL uh, pennants that we had. They're gone. Yeah, they're missing. Just gone. Uh, the, the, we had a uh, portrait of, now, Griff is still there, okay. But we also had a portrait of, like, uh, Denny and ha- uh, Joby Hall, like, uh, that, that looked similar to, like, my Redbirds one over here. I don't, you know, when the YouTube cameras come next week, people know what I'm talking about. But those are missing. Um, I feel like there's something else missing up that was above the other window. The too. soul of this place? <laughs> Our trust issues? <laughs> Now, the, the, I mean, the Dr. Duncan sign poster. Wait, Spears just said he's, he swears he only took one thing, period. I don't, I mean, we're supposed to believe that? I mean, you, you, <laughs> After this week? if you're willing to steal one thing, why are we not to believe you stole multiple? Exactly. The Dr. Duncan sign poster, it's autographed, and it's, you know, it's, it's Daryl, Dr. Duncan sign, Griffin, number 35, 1980 NCAA champs, but it's to somebody, and it says to, and Dugan put tape over the person's name and just wrote in Dugan. Yeah. I'm fully expecting there to be a tape over that, like, next week that just says to John. <laughs> <laughs> I told him we, he, if he wanted war, he had it, and he, his response was, can't we just get piece of chance? 
I think I think he's starting maybe regretting the uh, shooting the first fire, uh, the, the firing the first shot in this war. Texture says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty football text incoming. There we go. I really hope we beat GT tomorrow. Yeah. Now that I have your attention, the Nolan Smith situation <laughs> makes me sad. <laughs> Before he was hired and when he was hired, he was somewhat beloved as Derek Smith's son, but now based on him seeing a seeming like kind of an ass on Twitter, the G League situation, and the lack of success on the court, I think he now has a negative reputation with the fans, which is understandable but sucks. But that's how it can go with legacy hires. can go great, but when it goes poorly, it really sucks. Once again, please beat Georgia Tech, Jeff. That was amazing. That was great. That was, that was very well I done. I Bash is like legacy hires, and he's like, go beat, go Jeff. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like you know, Brom's in the same position here. Yeah. You know, if you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier this week, you know, there were a lot of detractors when Kenny Payne was hired. Not a lot, but I mean, you, there was a, a contingent of people like myself that was kind of like, I, I, I don't know. This would not be something that I would do. But when the hire was actually made – yeah, that talk kind of stopped for a little bit. People got very excited to see one of our own back here. He gets Nolan. Like, that was a cool thing. We bring Milt on staff. Uh, you know, he's hugging Denny when he gets off the plane. The introductory press conference was great. Everybody was unified in that moment. I think you're now seeing, you know, there was some back and forth on Jeff when, when he was the obvious choice to get the job. You know, there were some people saying Look, his record's the same as Satterfield's and all this stuff. And that talk kind of stopped a little bit when, when Jeff was actually hired and people were like, oh, this is cool. You know, we're hoping for the best. If Jeff loses more than he's supposed to this year, it will be, you know, you know I'm not saying we're going to have the equivalent of a 4-28 and season in football, but if it's a, you know, like 6-6, six and 5-7 six, and seven type season, you will see the same people that had reservations now be like, this is what you guys wanted. It'll be very much the same as the people who, you know, jumped when Kenny Payne started losing games early last year. Like, it's it's a tough thing, and Brom has spoken to it a number of times this offseason about, you know, you do feel a little bit more pressure coming. You know, he's like, you always have that thought in the back of your mind when you're at other jobs. I can always go back home. I can, he's like, well, I'm home now. He's like, if I ruin this, it kind of ruins everything. It becomes a difficult place for me to live. It's a hot, you know, it's a logical step for him. It's always seemed like the ending step for him, but it's, it's certainly high risk. I mean, fans, if you're not winning, it doesn't matter who you are. Like you, you, people will always respect what you did as a player, but they will, you will have a negative connotation attached to your name. If you don't get the job done at the level that's expected. Well, I think the other thing, I've noticed this in some of the some of the comments he's made. And I think you kind of nailed it. It seems more and more, it feels more and more like the turning it down initially was the fear of failure kind of thing, right? Because it was a complete ground up rebuild, and it was like, man, like I think that's in the back of his mind. I feel like it comes out now. He, he says things that you're like, you can tell that that fear of failure is also maybe driving him a little bit more. Sure. And I do think, to be completely honest with you, Kenny Payne having such a rough season. Probably driving it even more, right? Like he's seeing what is what it could be like if it doesn't go right, and I don't think he wants anything to do with that, obviously. So I, I, I think it, I don't know if it's good or bad. I think it's uh, one of those things where you know I don't think that Jeff's the kind of guy that you got to worry about whether or not he's going to work hard at his job. I think that's how he got here, um, but it definitely kind of makes you feel a little bit better that hey, I, he's seeing what it could be like, and it's probably just you don't have to worry that there's going to be any lack, right? You know, there's no no slack in his game that hey. He knows that this kid, if it goes bad, he cannot. He is home, like you said, and so I think that's a positive. But I, I do think that you're 100 percent right. I mean, this season, not only because obviously <clears throat> coming off of eight wins, obviously you don't want to go go backwards, but I also think that it's pretty obvious that the schedule lays out so well for him, and mm-hmm. he's got he's gotten all these transfers in to bolster a roster that wasn't in bad shape in the first place. 
you kind of can't help but think, get a little bit, you know, excited about the potential. And if it comes less than that, I think it's okay. But if it really kind of disappoints, uh, I think there are going to be a lot of people who are going to say this wasn't the hire that everyone made it out to be because of what you said. Hey, yeah. his, his record wasn't unbelievable. He didn't have this or the other. He had a, a handful of really big wins that are great. Um, but it wasn't like this home run, oh, my God, this guy's, you know, won a championship kind of level. But Louisville's not going to retract that kind of coach anyway, right? Um, but the, you just always have the folks that are just looking for that negativity. It was the easy eye. Yeah. My, like you, you, said, you said six and six. Was that where you'd put maybe the bar for the, the low bar that for, to I avoid you, that kind of the reaction from fans? I think if you go six and six, a, a, a healthy majority of the fan base views that as a failure in year one. I think if you go seven and five, there's some discussion there. You know, some, and again, it depends on who you beat. If you go seven and five and you end with a win over Kentucky, there are some fans who are like, you know, we expected more, we wanted more. But this was okay, and you know maybe some guys got hurt, whatever. Eight and four, I feel like most of the fan base is saying that's a that's a good season. You 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 achieved at the level that we were hoping for, and anything better than that, I think most fans are like, good, great. Yeah, this, this is what we were hoping. Let's for. go. Yeah. But I think six and six is, is the the level where you're like, if you have a six and six season, everybody's a little bit upset. And I mean, I I'll, I'll be upset if, if they mean, go I six would, and six this I'd year. I'd be upset. I'd be a little upset. Again, it depends on the situation. I mean, we don't know. You said there could be injuries. Some. Maybe something you know wonky happens in a certain game or whatever. Who knows? But I mean, I guess would you say anything short of like anything below six? You see the it's a failure. It's a no, no, no. But now do you see like the the people who were kind of like on the fence with Brom? Do you see anybody kind of moving off the bandwagon over to the other side? But then it was below six wins. Sure. Year. I mean, I, yeah. I, got, yeah. I mean, I'll like majority, I'm, I'm someone who very much is in favor of the hire. I think Jeff will do a good job here if they go five and seven in year one. I'm not going to be able to sit here and say like, and I, don't, I, I don't have doubts about the. I don't, I don't care if it's five and seven and beat Kentucky. Okay. I, if you don't go to a bowl game with this schedule and, and and with you got what you got back from last year and what you brought in, I think it's you have to kind of say hey, I'm, I'm kind of doubting things a little bit now. Well, I think one of the huge things with that is if you go five and seven with the amount of transfers they brought in to kind of retool this roster, what's to make you think that he can bring in? different guys that can help you get better? You know, sure. it, it, Good you, point, yeah. you you have to. It's not just a one year thing. Um, and this was the same. This was a situation kind of similar to where Satterfield was, where when when things weren't good, it's like, what makes us think that he can make it better? Right. Because this is now his team, and they 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 lost the what to Air Force, and it was like, man, most of these guys are his guys. Next year, it's all his guys, and so you have to you have to concern yourself with okay, he he took over a roster like I said, wasn't perfect by any means, but it was in really good shape. It wasn't in bad shape, um, and and brought in guys. That he's coached before, and and Plummer and Eric Miller, he's brought in other guys that you know his his coaches have coached before. You know, if if you can't win with that, with that schedule, obviously, yeah, yeah, I don't it, I don't think it'd be doom and gloom. You give him a chance; it's one year, but you definitely don't feel great about the prospects going forward. Sure, um, and that's where I think part of that that when you ask you know people jumping off the bandwagon, I think that's going to be the main thing is that okay, this was supposed to be the year that potent, the potential like big year. Because of the schedule and because of what they had to come back, what's what are we looking forward to when the schedule gets harder? Yeah, two years now, you get Georgia coming in, you've got exactly. Miami coming in, you've yeah. got Notre Dame coming in. Like it's going to be in Clemson's back on the schedule. Right. The last point I know we talked over the top of the hour. Last note on this: when we talk about coming back home and you know the fan base welcome, being so excited to have you there, and, and the risk that comes with that, I do think there's there's something to be said for, like with Kenny Payne. I obviously. Am, too young to remember him as a player, mm-hmm. 
and I, you know, you're always aware of what happened like before you were born or where you when you were very small, but it doesn't resonate with you as much as the the times that occurred when you have like cognizant memories of, mm-hmm. of them happening. So I, for me, I've known Kenny Payne more in my life as the UK assistant or the guy who went to the Knicks and now is the U of L head coach. Yep. So there's less nostalgia for me when it comes to his name, and I'm kind of you know. Jeff Brown was the quarterback of the first little football teams that I really remember. Mm. And it's a little bit different because he comes with with Brian, who a different generation remembers being the quarterback as well. But you got to remember, there's a whole generation of Cardinal fans that don't really know Jeff Brown as the Louisville quarterback, or, and and don't for that reason kind of care what he did as the Louisville quarterback, and know him more as the guy that for what you know for whatever reason people have been saying is going to be the next U of L head coach. And I think that also maybe leaves you with a little bit less forgiveness if you don't win at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe – I can't say for certain. I, I think if anybody was the Louisville basketball coach and they went 4-28, and I'd be pretty upset about it. But maybe if I had known Kenny Payne as a player and loved him growing up, maybe I would you know, be more willing to be like, hey, let's, let's pump – like maybe if Russ Smith is right now the, the head coach of Louisville <laughs> basketball and going 4-28 and – I'd be like, hey, Russ knows what he's doing. I, yeah. I don't think so. Like yeah. now, I'm, just, I'm, I'm imagining that in my mind, and I, I'm just like, why the hell did we give Russ Smith the head coaching job? <laughs> you might wish more that he'd be successful, but it doesn't. Yeah, mean, I yeah, think right. it would just be wishful thinking. Yeah, I think it just hurts more when yeah. you like. It's, yeah, it's somebody you don't want to view in a tainted light. For me, like when they let Pageant go. Yeah, I am. I, still love I am that fan. Yeah. I don't. I didn't. I didn't even watch college football when I was that age. I barely lived in Louisville at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, Jeff Brum, to me, was the uh, when I when he really became someone that I really kind of paid attention to was actually when he was at Western Kentucky as Petrino's office coordinator and then got the head coaching job. Like even when he was the OC here, I that was before I really was as deep into college football, like from a coaching staff and all those sure. things standpoint where I am now, where I'm completely obsessed with that kind of stuff. Um, so it just never really it didn't really hit home for me as much. And 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 yeah, I, I probably won't have as much of a like you know hey. We gotta give him more of a chance because he's 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 this guy, and I'm like for me, it's like yeah, he's just a just a guy, you know. I, I, he's not really, it's not as I don't have that attachment as as, as many do, and I, I think that's a huge point because you will have that divided fan boy, fan base factor yeah. of your younger fan base. Just it's not gonna mean as much uh, as as your older fan base, and 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 I think that's really key, kind of like Kenny Payne, where it was kind of the height of the program kind of thing. When Jeff Brown was a quarterback, they they got to a point where they had not been before. And Kenny Payne was in a time when they were winning championships and things like that. It really means a lot to people that were around during those days as fans. Uh, it's a much tighter connection with the program than if it was just a really good player, right? It, as opposed to what they took the program to when they were there. I think that matters as well. Yeah, I mean, this is a, I mean, just pulling the curtain back a little bit. Like this is a, it's the first time I've kind of been in this situation where somebody that I've I've known mm-hmm. has stepped into a position like this at U of L, and I mean, like. You know, like so many people in Louisville, I grew up, I, I knew the Brahms. Mark was my best friend when I was growing up for a period of time. I played sports with Brian through high school. Like, I was around Jeff multiple mm-hmm. times growing up. And I, I like the Brahms a lot. I love. I think they're an awesome fan. I think they're, they're genuinely really, really good people. And so I want them to thrive here. And I, I really also want to avoid, like, having to be like, Jeff sucks in coaching. <laughs> we got to get rid of him. I don't want that to happen. It, 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 it definitely it changes things a little bit. I, I do think that he has the track record that shows that he d- deserves the job here. Yeah, I do absolutely. think he uh, will eventually show, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after, that he is the guy that can get this program to where we want it to be. But if it doesn't happen, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit different. Well, I mean, this is the first time where I've been in this position. I, I, I mean, I, I like 
Rick a lot, and we had a, a good relationship. But that started after yeah. know, he'd been here for a long time. And I think there's a huge thing that needs to be pointed out here because the, there's a difference between Kenny Payne and Jeff Brom at the same point, and you kind of nailed it. Jeff Brom should have been hired by Lowell. Like, he, he was a good hire without any question of whether or not he deserved to be the guy for the job. I don't think there's going to be any question whether or not he does well or not if they actually should not have hired him or not. They absolutely should have hired him. Whether he does well or not is just up in sure. the air. Kenny Payne, you can make that argument that, hey, they should have gotten somebody better than Kenny Payne. That's a fair argument. I don't think anybody will question that at all. I don't think you can't do that with Jeff Brom. He's earned, uh, I mean, he's a Power Five coach who did well at Purdue. There's no reason why, I don't think anybody can say, oh, well, they shouldn't have hired this guy anyway. They should have hired X. Who was X that you could say that was right. guaranteed to be better than Jeff Brom? That would come to Louisville. There's not a person in that, in that life. So I think that's the People will do it. They will, but we can at least call them out for how silly it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, we gotta go to break. We talked up the top of the hour. That's fine. Uh, we're talking football here. Getting ready for tomorrow's game. Getting ready for the season. Football heavy Rutherford show continues next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Pump it up while your feet are stumping And the jam is pumping Look ahead, the crowd is jumping Pump it up a little more Get the party going on the dance floor See, cause that's where the party's at And you find out if you do that I hear booty a lot. I don't hear booty. Of course, I have two small shoulders. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> a lot of booty talk in my house. <laughs> Virginia has now discovered that poop is like the funniest thing to talk about. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm going to well, cut poop yeah. with scissors. I'm like, this is hilarious. This child's the pinnacle of comedy. <laughs> Sounds funny to me. <laughs> I, she's, yeah, I, I laugh every single time. You need to get her to smile for a picture genuinely. Just like poopy. Boom, done. <laughs> is it my fault? Probably. <laughs> it works for all. But it's, it's like the... the, the, the the, uh, the 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 slinky. It's fun for all ages. It yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> quick update, quick uh, here on the the conference realignment front. The ACC presidents were supposed to meet on Tuesday to talk about potentially adding SMU, Stanford, and Cal. That got postponed because of the 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 shooting situation at North Carolina. Then they they did not do the call yesterday for unknown reasons. And then it was going to be today. They rescheduled it for tomorrow a.m. This is insane, man. Andrea Adelson says the, the ACC president's call is back on for tomorrow morning, and it's still unclear if there are enough votes <laughs> for this thing to pass. That's why, I mean, every time there's an update here and people are like, it's momentum's moving towards this. I'm like, maybe, yeah. probably, it's possible. It's a good chance. Who knows? Happen. I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I mean, I just, you, I, talk to me when it happens. I'm so sick of the speculating, especially... Like, this isn't even like, you know, they're bringing in Alabama, Auburn, and, Florida, and like, Florida to the the ACC. It's like we're having all this speculation, all this back and forth, and all these conflicting reports about Stanford, Cal, and SMU. I think the, the fervor over conference realignment is a weird thing in sports to me. There's no aspect from a fan standpoint that you can do anything about it. It's happening to you, and it's just – you just kind of – you would think it would be something people just accept – and then when it happens, it happens. But people really get into it as if you can sway the decision making of these people, and you can't. So I don't. I don't know. I've never understood it. Back, you know, I guess back when you know going to the ACC, I was really into it. 
but in hindsight, like after more and more moves have happened, it's like, what's the point? You're yeah. just, it's just going to keep happening, and you just deal with it when it comes. The chest thumping over airports and like, like yeah, exactly. TV markets and stuff. It's like, you know, Rutgers fans are like, we won, we did. I'm like, you've gotten your ass handed to you in every sport since you joined the Big Ten. Is that the point? Yeah. Just to be in a good conference where you get your ass? I, I, I just. I don't get it. They always are like, we've made two NCAA tournaments in men's basketball. I'm like, you still haven't won a game in the tournament. Like, what they were doing? once an undefeated team in 76 long without you. Well, that was before they got to the Big Ten. <laughs> Remember back Case in the day point. when we used to get mad about the geographical uh – Airs of the moving of conferences, like like back in the day, like football. I honestly don't and, even remember that anymore. Like I was so far along. Like when it first started, we I'd get I don't know about you. I mean, you know me. I obviously was angry about it. I was like, oh come on, this is you know waving the fist and yada yada. And there's your first drink of the day. But like now, it's just kind of like I'm just so numb to it. I'm just like, ah, whatever. Who cares? Uh, Stanford in the ACC. Who gives a bleep? Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. When once the, I mean, the UCLA and USC really broke the dam open. Obviously, but I mean, once the. The ACC expanded and, and took some teams, and you know the Big East was taking teams in the Midwest. Like that dose of conference realignment from 2010 through like 2012, that was when it was like, okay, all bets are off. You yeah. just anyone go anywhere. Yeah, and, and we're also, I mean, you know, the names of the conferences aren't matching up with the numbers of teams. No. It's like just nothing matters anymore. But whatever, like it take well, take a school from London. Who cares? <laughs> I'm surprised we don't. It's funny you say Does that. Cambridge like, have a football program? It it's probably coming. Yeah, like like yeah. Tijuana University is joining the ACC next. <laughs> well, yeah. only in football. Only, <laughs> no, no, only for football. Or only in soccer. Only for soccer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that Carleton school that's really good it's, in basketball. It's great, like Canadian school just for just for hockey. Hockey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll make that happen. Not that we're stereotyping. The other. <laughs> just a slide. The other quick news I want to talk, touch on, uh, Trevor, did you see that the Reds signed both Harrison Bader and Hunter Renfro? I didn't I didn't see Renfro, which uh, I always loved Renfro's name. I always made me think of the guy that like was uh, um, Dracula's sidekick. But uh, Yeah, that's what I thought of. you think of it, you couldn't even name his name. <laughs> <laughs> I always called him Renfro, uh, but I didn't see the Bader one, which made me smile a little bit. Yeah, Harrison Bader, I already texted Dylan, I'm like, yeah, he was, he was a Yankee Bader, right? wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> the stories that I've heard of, of Harrison Bader made me a little bit. I was like, okay, this guy. Yeah, that was, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that, too. Here's the deal, though. The Yankees, they put the shackles on him. Like, Earl the Pearl going to the Knicks. Like, they. <laughs> was that really? Yeah, because that's as bad as me thinking you were Keith. They made, him, <laughs> they made him cut the hair. They they took away, like, the flow. They couldn't let He couldn't be himself. Couldn't wear the big chains anymore. The Reds are going to let him be. The Harrison Bader that he wants to be. He can bring the hair back. He's going to take us back to the World Series. Hunter Renfro also, I mean, he went three for four last night with a homer and a double. We need guys that can hit left-handed pitching because we are awful. I thought you needed pitching. I mean, you're signing these yes. these batters. I thought you needed pitchers. Not, not in the second half. The starters mm. have been have been pretty good recently. It's been the, the offense has been just so bad well, recently, I, especially I, against lefties. And you did sign the guy. Well, they were hurt with Trey Messini, who just like just quit. He's like, I don't even want to play for you all. He opted out. Yeah, we we, we have so, Nick Martini now. It's, this is Nick Martini. He came team. to Louisville, hit two home <laughs> runs, and was like, I'm good. This is all I need. It's fine. You want to be here? We don't need him here. This is Nick Martini and Harrison Bader's team now. Everyone else is hurt. We're fine. We're gonna be okay. I, it's so bad. Like you know, they have the win over the Giants yesterday when I'm on the air. And like I've I, I've I've been this team's dead. I've been on that bandwagon for a couple of weeks now. They win one game over the Giants. I'm like you know if they if they sweep the Cubs, if, if they, <laughs> they could take all four of these games against the Cubs, oh, they're sports. right back there. Uh, but it was nice to see Hunter Green pitch well yesterday. And don't want to keep getting trade offers for me. Christian Nicolosi on the strand had four hits. So. We just need a couple guys to get ungodly hot and then these newcomers to be good. We'll be right back there. Uh, Keith Wynn is here. Trevor Kelsey's here. We're getting ready for football. 
tomorrow. We're getting ready for football tonight as well. Three uh, three solid games tonight, a couple of not-so-solid games tonight. you got a couple of ACC teams taking the field for the first time. I mean, if NC State lost to UConn, that would be hilarious. Always love having the potential for hilarity out there. I think Wake Forest is playing Elon at 7. Um, is, is, is there anybody else from the ACC in action tonight? Is it just those two teams? I don't teams? think so. I think it's just them. Yeah. Think, and, and then, you I mean, Florida-Utah is probably the – the biggest game on the schedule tonight is Florida looks for a little revenge after losing at home to the Utes last year. Uh, Minnesota-Nebraska is on Fox at 8. And what's the, there's one more, I think, decent game. I know Arizona State is playing at late, but... Uh, Getting ready for that bowl game. Great one. Um, yeah, there's, just, there's no other decent game. <laughs> They're all bad. But, yeah. Um, Maybe I was thinking of NC State-UConn. was like yeah. kind of the other one. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'll watch that. Yeah, In fairness, you thought yesterday was Thursday. I, I did. Know. They're bad. I'm going to watch them all, though. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's football, for God's sake. I've been waiting for a long time. Uh, 502-414-1450, the Thornton Stocks line. We didn't get through many texts last segment, as we tend to do. But uh, you, know, you guys kept trying to take it back to, to Nolan Smith, which we, we're not, we're not going to let happen today. We're going to try very, very hard. Uh, Scoots texted in at the beginning of the show. Oh, my God, he sent in a picture of Spears with the bobblehead. <laughs> oh, my good Lord. You see that picture? That's just not cool. He said, I can confirm, A, Spears has the bobblehead, and B, she's fine. We're fighting for a casino tomorrow. Spears is wearing – he's, he's got a malicious, creepy smile on his face. He's wearing a Sanex polo. It's a terrifying – this is a haunting picture. It looks like something from a true crime podcast where you're like, this is actually the, the Zodiac killer. It's this guy. Look at this kid. Look at that. He's got murder all over his face. He's got nightmares about this tonight. It's terrifying. He looks like he's so proud of himself for taking that bobblehead. Do you guys ever talk about the resemblance between him and Trevor? Because uh, that was my first thought. <laughs> I told you. a little you. bit of resemblance there. You're chunky. They all think we look alike. <laughs> it is funny. It's a little bit there. I'm just saying. I have the thing. I don't know if Keith, I don't know if Keith has this. Like on my photo app on my phone, like there's like a, a for you tab, and it's always like it's usually like picture like this picture from like five years yeah. ago, this picture from whatever. Mm-hmm. And I got one from like this picture a year ago. I'd forgotten this is when John, my son, was in his Trevor stage where he was t- he looked a lot like Trevor. <laughs> yeah, and it popped up and I showed up my Mary's like, oh my God. She's like the Trevor stage. We we literally <laughs> call we literally call John's like for like three month to eight month period the Trevor stage. <laughs> Poor kid, you're going to be talking to him when he's like in high school. You're like, oh, yes, that was the Trevor State, like son. this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which. For six months of your life, we didn't know if you were ours. <laughs> it was up in the air. It was questionable. Oh, we're still a little confused about how that happened. He came up with a full head of black hair, too. I was like, what? <laughs> you lost it, though. <laughs> it happens to oh, all of us. Along the same lines, Trevor, you sent me last night. The, the ACT picture has been submitted. Yes. Keith, I don't even know if you know this. Trevor's taking the ACT uh, a week from this Saturday. Yes, We signed him up for it. He's having his score sent to Yale, Palau College, uh, <laughs> Columbia. Senator. Columbia is getting the scores, and too. And then yeah, the senator in Connecticut, yeah, like now, a congressman or someone, yeah. The picture that, that you sent, I, I did send this to Mary. I mean, the cops have definitely been called. Oh, yeah, they got to be looking. <laughs> this is the picture of a man who's about to take the ACT in two Saturdays. Um, I mean, the like, ba- you've got stereo equipment behind you. I know. <laughs> I got some chest hair sticking out a little bit there. Like, does he have the reverse Webster's disease? <laughs> Benjamin Button. Is this, is this a Benjamin Button situation? Well, I'm 15. Well, the first picture I put in there, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, it wouldn't take. They were like, "This is not. This doesn't meet our like, criteria." And it gives you like examples of like good, good picture to send in and bad. And like the good are all like 
What's the bad example? The good ones. <laughs> I don't care about the good example. <laughs> well, I, know what, I know what a normal picture to send in for the No, no, no. All the like. good ones look like high school senior photos. Like, they're all posing. Well, and they yeah. Got like, and, like, I don't have that. I mean, so, and the bad one was, like, like three people in one picture. And and, and so I tried to load it the first time. I guess the size was too, it wasn't the right Hold size. On. Do you think you could have gotten away with sending in, like, your black and white freshman year of high school year? I thought about from 1996? it. I literally thought about that, yes. <laughs> 94. I thought about that. This is me. <laughs> like, why is he wearing a starter T-shirt? <laughs> That retro? Is that yeah, is that, is that, a, is that a, I'm the bus driver. I take you to school. T-shirt. That's, I think that's what I'm wearing in the picture of my high school yearbook. So I sent I, so I sent it in, and when I sent it in, it said that uh, they're like, "Thank you. We have we'll have somebody uh, uh, verify if this photo is approvable, approved or not, and we'll get back to you." Oh come on! So I'm a little. I'm hoping I don't get like a rejection. Like, dude, like you, I think you sent us the wrong photo. You're way too old to be coming here. But I have not heard a re- I have not gotten an email back from him yet. So I did get an email from the guy who wants me to do his vow renewals, though. Did that happen? Uh, he sent me an email uh, today, this morning, apparently, yeah, saying, um, you know, give me some ideas of what he wants to do and, 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 and moving forward. No, I like, can't wait for this. <laughs> he's saying, can you do a wrestling promo intro video that could play while we walk down the ceremony? Oh down my the- God, I can't wait. <laughs> That's actually fairly interesting. I'm not going to lie. Along yeah. the same lines, <laughs> I have to give a shout out. I'm not going to mention this because this is a, a cameo for the, for, for the future. But for the first time since I've been on Cameo, somebody paid extra money for extra details that they wanted me to say. And I was like, this is how you know it's true love. When, you, <laughs> when she's willing to shell out three extra dollars for a team-specific college sports blogger to give more details in a Cameo video, this is, uh, this, this is true love. Happy I'm a little nervous about this Val thing. I don't want to screw it up. I, I, just... I, I would be a little bit nervous. But, it, I mean, they want you to be kind of like stupid funny, I'm assuming. I, I mean, yeah. It's, and I, I mean, but, I mean, they're going to Paris, and they're doing this... Try to speak French, please, in the video. <laughs> Je m'appelle Trevor. Croissant. <laughs> Parlez-vous français? Escargot. <laughs> Just do the whole thing in French. <laughs> it's going to memorize all the uh, the Joey from Friends French ha, stuff. Ha, ha. Oh. Let's talk like Lumiere from... Mm-hmm. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I'm looking for. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I'm a little nervous. So I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to read more into the email he sent, and I'll, I'm going to get back to him a little later. Thanks. Well, the very next text was remind Trevor to send his picture for the ACT. Yeah, yeah, we did. I, I thought about it yesterday. I was like, oh crap, dead deadline. Texter says, Mike, why not just watch Suicide Kings just to play it safe? I think that's a very good, excellent text. It is. I don't have time Text of the dose. day. Here's the, here's the problem now. The vibes are clearly off. I would do it. Like, I've got to do all of my work for tomorrow's game tonight because I'm going to be at the golf scramble all day tomorrow. You've had over a week to watch it. I, we, that was not the deal, though. <laughs> the deal like- was I watched before 2024. <laughs> No, that's now, what you said. You didn't. That because was because we didn't say anything. This is ridiculous. First of all, it's a bet that I didn't make. <laughs> it's a bet that I correctly predicted was going to happen. Somehow I lost because I said the Reds are going to lose two out of three to the Blue Jays. He had to. He had to. He had to put something on the line for his Blue Jay versus Reds, though, right, Keith? I mean, he's a Fred fan. What did you put on the line? I told you you pick. We put nothing. <laughs> it, it's moot anyway. I won. And then out of nowhere, you're like, you have to do it before the football okay, game. Okay, you know what? It's not part of the deal. <laughs> if I'd won, I would have uh, quit drinking soda for life. Oh, well, it didn't matter because I didn't lose. Well, we didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't agree to bet. I think you did. I didn't. Ridiculous. 
Texas says it's hilarious every time uh, that Mike mentioned Satterfield's comment after the Syracuse game. They wanted it more than we did. LOL. It, it was that was one of the angriest I think I've been in the Satterfield era. When I'm like, I, I mean, because it's week one. He's yeah. like, he's like they they were more prepared than we were, and they wanted it more. I'm like. You've had eight months to get ready for this game. Like this is the week that everybody's chomping at the bit. All your dreams are possible. Like you, like that's an excuse. Maybe if you get deep into the season and it's just you know the, the Charlie Strong the video game came out and we just weren't as focused as they were or whatever. Like I, it, it sucks to hear that at any point in the season. But you can kind of get how things might happen. You get a little worn down. We haven't had a bye week in the first seven weeks. Whatever. Week one is yeah. that that excuse is not on the table at all. I will say I I, I won't miss. The post game Satterfield comments. They just got. They got he to never made anything just, better. Yeah, it was never. Yeah, it's hundred. But even like I never really like. It never felt great. Even even after wins, it was like oh, this guy's kind of, he's just kind of boring. Who's worse like, than the yeah. post game loss? Simmerkin and Payne. They're very Ooh, similar. Yeah, that's geez. there's I mean, a whole lot of the same thing a, over and over. I mean, and the over. laughing. That's well, you know, he got beat. He the smiling. Just <laughs> Kenny smiles more in the post game. The thing, I mean, yeah, there's a whole lot of, you know, we, we you know, we're, we're working really hard. We're, we're, we're loving them up. Like, you know, a lot of blaming stuff that's happened in the past. There's, yeah, yeah there's the similarities there's, are there. I mean, at what point will Coach realize? We won that, more with Satterfield, yeah, though. Coach realized, difference. we, don't, we yeah. don't want you to be happy. We want you sad and pissed like us in your press conference. Yeah, I need, I mean, throw a chair or something. Yeah. Like, just, that's, that, that's, I think <laughs> I said that with Satterfield Say the, the other coach cheated or something. I don't know, make some, I don't know. Say Lie to us a little bit. Well, yeah, I thought we won. Show us care. Texas says, Trevor's neighborhood section box score read, one punch and an opposing player in the handshake line. I can't believe TK didn't make the Lily Aldrin comparison when talking about something from Spears, like she took the baseball from Brian Cranston. Yes, he took my <laughs> you, you don't get the reference. I don't. She, she, Is that a Malcolm he, the Middle Brian reference? Cranston had a baseball signed three times by Pete Rose. And, like, I guess Lily Aldrin and this, and how much reply, like, she, he was mean to, to uh, Ted, so she took the baseball. And left him a note and was like, "If you don't start acting better, I hear your your iPod's going to shuffle off." And like, so he yeah, he ended up getting the baseball back. I would have loved so Trevor. He started St. Matthew's basketball. His team won the championship his first year. <laughs> they lost the second year. No, it wasn't so, the second. It was like the third year we lost. I think. Or I think you said your, your first loss was in your second year. I guess it was second. Maybe yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you went undefeated right, the first yeah. year. The first time that he tastes defeat in his young athletic <laughs> career, he starts a fight in the handshake line. <laughs> I would have loved it if your uncle like had written up in the neighborhood section. It's like <laughs> a feisty Trevor Kelsey tensions <laughs> tensions mounted after the game okay. as the Bulls Trevor Kelsey threw a haymaker. First of all, I was the Lakers. <laughs> Second, <laughs> Second uh, in my defense, it was my only loss, and I was at that point still pretty much an only child. So I was a spoiled little brat. Well, not little, but spoiled. I was, I was already a big kid. <laughs> Texture says, I understand the weirdness of a Rutherford making plays for the opposing team. Imagine trying to cheer for a Calipari being the star of Louisville football. It would feel wrong. Yeah. I'd be okay with it, though. I could, I could, I could get past it at some point. You know, it also would just lend itself to jokes. The good Calipari. Yeah. You could, you could, you could make it work. Man, what, if, what if it was Brad, though? I don't think, uh, yeah, no. That guy was like, I was just a joke of a human being in general. Remember when I started that fake rumor? I, 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 I made what I thought was a very obvious joke <laughs> that, like, when we were looking for our last assistant during the Mac era, when it ends up being Ross McMaines, and Brad Calipari was like, time to spread my wings, like, leaving you. I was like, Brad Calipari to Louisville, confirm. And the message boards went nuts. They're like, Rutherford saying Brad Calipari to Louisville. I, w- I was like, no, no. <laughs> I wonder if I have the audio. I've told you this before I, I, when I interviewed him, right? 
Oh, I think you have. Like it was, it was sport, it. it was TJ was doing the afternoon show just as the sports talker with TJ Walker. We took us a while to come up with that name though. And uh, <laughs> he was gonna have Brad Kelly. And like at the time, I like all I just kept making fun of him was for the tattoo. Like yeah, I knew nothing other about him other other than that's I was all like, you need to know. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like the dude has his tattoo it says "Give and not earn, not give or whatever." I was like. He is he's the guy from We Are the Millers. <laughs> he has no regrets. Like that's who this guy is. I was like, I knew nothing else about it. I could care less. Oh, and so TJ's doing this social interview with him. And TJ was remote that day and I was in studio. And something I guess uh, you know, with our technology, I guess the duct tape fell off or something. Nice to know. But things. yeah, that's I've a, always been like this. The, the sun, <laughs> the sun was at the wrong angle hitting the light. And TJ couldn't Long story short, I had interviewed Brad Calipari from like, <laughs> and he was at like the the gym or something. I just didn't know what to ask him. I don't think he could even hear me, and I was just kind of just I don't even remember what I asked. Like, so how's the jump shot? How's <laughs> 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 that tattoo maintenance? Oh coming? yeah, how's that? Any new tats on you there? You know, yeah. barbed wire maybe this time. You know, so it was one of the worst. I can't imagine. It had to be one of the worst interviews ever. I'm now envisioning that tattoo in barbed wire. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see that. That that would make sense for Amazing him. didn't do it. It would barb. fit, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brad Kepper is everything UK fans describe as Louisville fans. Or old English. The best was when he'd be like showing the tattoo after getting off of a private jet that his dad would <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, go yeah, see the Jay Z yeah, concert yeah, in New York. I'm like, well. <laughs> So uh, our, our old like baseball text group, somebody asked Dylan, like, hey, Reggie Scott Harrison Bader can give us a scouting report. The first line of Dylan's response is, I really like him as a person. <laughs> I was like, well, not a ton of confidence instilled in me for the future. So uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, man. Just, uh, then he says, fun to watch. I was like, okay, well, do I, do I need to read the rest here? That's fantastic. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, Texas says, Keith with a well-thought-out statement analyzing Louisville's upcoming game before Mike storms in with a Trevor-like response. So anyway, this guy named Brother... <laughs> was, the, the roles were reversed there for a little bit. Me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel the same. Uh, what was the one time where I was like making the statement about Sinead O'Connor and the statement on the Pope, and I was going into her history of own child abuse, and you were like, you're like... The Pasadena Bowl is what I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thanks. The Sun Bowl. The Sun Bowl. <laughs> Texas says, Keith talking football is just the best. Elon removing the block feature so I can follow Keith's game day tweets again will be in close second. <laughs> That's a good text. Yeah, it's fair. I kind of went over to Blueski anyway. So, yeah. oh, is, it, is it Blueski? Is it blue, I, I thought it was Blue Sky. I don't know, man. I, I'm assuming I don't, it's Blue Sky. I'm too old to keep up with the stuff anymore. I got the invite. I signed up. I've not done anything for it. I was going to say, I have, I have one old. invite. I'm too, I'm too old to do the. Did, did the X do something new or something? Uh, no, what, what are they doing now? They're they're going to ban. The, the, you're going to have the ability to make your likes private, which is yeah. He whatever. says he says he's going to ban blocking, but apparently the app stores don't allow that. Yeah, so you can't do it. No way to do it. But it's it, that's going to be fine. Yeah, but. you would have to just give up Twitter entirely. Yeah, I, I you know I I don't I don't keep up with social media as much as I did even like six to eight months ago in general, but. It's just a, it's just impossible to use now. Tweet deck, t- tweet it's, deck being gone is the game totally day tweets gone. are not going to happen. They got rid of tweet deck. tweet deck. Yeah, tweet deck's gone. The most annoying thing for me, and I know Trevor has, has talked about this as well, is when there's something trending now on Twitter. Like you click on it, and it used to be like you'd have a ton of tweets, like like just telling you what's going on, like yeah. why this person or why yeah. this this saying is trending. And now, like, it's not even jokes anymore. I know you get frustrated with the jokes. It's just all these spam bots that have figured out if they just tweet all the trending topic names yeah. and like put their video in there, that like they're going to go to the top of the responses. So you can never figure out. I'm like, is, is are they dead? Are they, <laughs> are they are they thriving? What's going on? I've got no idea here, and that just drives me crazy. They're not yeah. even jokes. They're just like clips. They're just like 
this is so and so, whatever the trending topic is, and it's like yeah. a, a GIF or a, a, just a little video, and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't bad. give. A, was it, now I, I don't know. This is random because I just saw it, uh, Kendrick just tweeted. Were we talking about like the field color changes? Uh, I'm just seeing now the North Oldham, the teal color. It's kind of cool. We talked yeah, about this. Yeah, no, I was going to be right. So I'm saying I know we brought that up the other day. I can't remember why. But. I think that they're going to. I don't know if it's this weekend or next weekend when like they're 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 playing their first game on it when they play South Oldham, the, the rival, which is kind of cool. But I, I, I would just surround it with like sand and make it the beach because it looks like kind of yeah, like, that's like, really cool. I mean, it's supposed to be teal, but it doesn't look that off. I mean, I don't, I don't think it sticks out abnormally like the red or blue would at, at Eastern and Washington and Boise. It's think, a cool field. The, the field was already kind of cool to begin with. They have the nice little like you kind of look down on it from uh, like the, this little like hill, little slope. It's a, it's a cool field. They're playing I mean, well this year too. So I was gonna say I thought they are they. I can't remember they're good, pretty good, or they've gone really up and down. I, I, all I remember, I remember when Beisner, because he would always post updates when his kid was playing there, and mm. they lost in the, like, they lost like a Hail Mary in the state semifinal one year, so they are yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And then the next year, I think they went 0-12. So I think they've been, <laughs> they've been up, but they beat somebody good a couple of days ago, so that's how I remember. Now, I mean, is Teal, choosing what I'm, that's what I'm choosing to base my entire yeah, right. <laughs> statement on their team over. Is Teal, they're, they're like one of their student, their school colors, I guess? Yeah, they're, because I know, because Levitch has been coaching their basketball team, okay. so I kind of keep up with them, and they've been really good since he got there. Uh, they went to the Sweet 16, I think, last year. Do you think maybe uh, you think schools should start just like painting all their field school colors? I'm no. not opposed. I mean, Go for it. Wouldn't yeah. train much, change much for Trinity. They'd be like, well, this is <laughs> this is, <laughs> is kind of boring. Right to be red, bow to be maroon. Yeah. You get purple field at male. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's not the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> yes. Texture says, TK, thanks for joining our fantasy league. The draft last night was fun. I was. Uh, P.S. Keith, unblock me, please. Uh, <laughs> now, weren't you – I believe you were drafting so, – so somebody, if you if you missed this a couple days ago, somebody in, invited Trevor to be in their fantasy college league. Yep. And I believe you were drafting after somebody whose team name was like, I bang TK's mom. I heart TK's mom. <laughs> I heart yeah. TK's mom. Yeah. And then there was like TK salad eater. The, the worst part about it, I don't, I don't even mind the name. It's the fact he took the guy I wanted. <laughs> that was what pissed me off more. I, was, I think I even said mom. in the chat to him, I was like, I think I love your team more than you love my mom. <laughs> you took a lot of cards and former cards in your draft. I, I You're banking on a big year for Jeff Brom and transfers <laughs> from Louisville and the tall guy from Florida State. And I took Aiden Robbins, yeah. Yeah, you took Aiden Robbins at BYU. <laughs> now, in, in, my, in, in fairness, though, I didn't mean to take the, the tall guy from Florida State. I was on the uh, – I had the back-to-back picks at ten, and I was trying to decide on my second pick in that in the, on the turnaround. And damn, Omaha went to a pitching change, and I'm like, oh crap, I got to do a pitching change in the bats game. And then the clock was running down, so I had to pick somebody quick. And it was just the first name I saw that I recognized. He's having a pretty good year. I mean, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like good. I do like my team though. I've got I've got my I went up since I couldn't go the uh, the the uh, Western Kentucky uh, quarterback wide receiver connection. I went with the Washington one because you know I love. Uh, DeBoer, yeah, combo. I love. I'm a big DeBoer fan out yep. there, uh, with Penix and uh, McMillan, and yeah, I did have. Um, I did pick one Kentucky player though. I did pick uh, the running back Davis. I did take I him. I'm not sorry, you, man. But uh, yeah, he my said st- it's bad. My starting lineup is Gerard. <laughs> you took Jordan, a Wildcat and he sucks. James Congrats. McClennan, uh, Bruce McCoy, Bruce McCoy out of Tennessee. I got him. I took my boy Mason Taylor. You think it sucks, but I'm telling you, he's going to be good. Your team's going to finish dead last. Oh, league. probably. Yeah. I, can, uh, I can do. I can do college college football fantasy. I just don't. My friends wouldn't do it, but I, I could do that. I can't do I NFL could, anymore. It's, it's a lot. I yeah. tell you what, it, it is kind of tough because I mean, I really at like the fourth round, I'm kind of just throwing. Every, I mean, even more than so than I would in yeah. NFL. But but it was fun. I mean, the draft was fun. I, I think I'm having a good time following this team. I mean. 
I could see myself doing one or two of these a year like I do NFL. Texas says Yahoo is way better than ESPN, and you can pay your dues to the app, unlike ESPN. Texas says Yahoo Fantasy Football is king. Texas mm-hmm. says I use ESPN, but Sleeper is the best for fantasy football. Sle- is that the new thing that everybody's talking about, Sleeper? I don't even know what that is. I'm out of it. I just do Yahoo. Fun. Oh, the guy who drafted Chris Bell from the Warrior cut him. What a punk. Pick him up. <laughs> I Get five I, Cardinals on that I team right now. I can't do up. any more Cardinal receivers. I'm sorry. You have the whole roster. You're banking on Jack Plummer just going nuts this year. <laughs> if they had a diff- if they had more and more roster spots, I was going to draft Wolves defense as my backup defense. God. <laughs> All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, more with Keith Wynn and Trevor Kelsey here on uh, Louisville Football Eve on 1450 and 961. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. I kind of hate you for doing this. I, this is not. Is there a worse song in history? Why are you playing it then? <laughs> you act like you don't control the music. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, is there song ever created no, it's in the terrible. history of music that is more annoying yet also gets caught in your head more? The only good thing it's done was when it, like last month at that tennis tournament when it got started playing randomly in the middle of a point. <laughs> like, that was fun. And I, it kind of made me want like a, a split five seconds of Cotton Eye Joe to come on during every sporting event that's supposed to be quiet just to throw uh, athletes off. But besides that, there's nothing redeeming about Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's a song about a like Kadnajaz, a guy that came in and stole all the women from some like town, and all the men are singing, "Where'd you come from? Where'd you go?" Whatever. I read that. I did after, not. Yeah, I, I never have really. looked into the Cotton Eye Joe story origins. It popped up after the tennis thing, and I was like, I did not know that There's either. A story behind the song. Was apparently, was... a story behind it. Yeah, yeah. I saw. It's got, a, it's got three lyrics in a story. You're welcome. Yes, <laughs> we, I appreciate the education. I like the song more now. A little bit. The things that I find myself like, like googling these days, like it used to always be like yes. stuff that I was genuinely interested in, and now it's always stuff spawned by my kids. Like the other day, I was just like, like literally like Google searching. Um, Humpty Dumpty origin story. I'm like, what? What's the story here? Like, where, where, is this about something? Done, with, yeah. And there's, there's like nothing. There's like, it's like the egg thing just got totally made up. We have no idea. It's just like a song that soldiers used to sing in England back in the day. I'm yeah. like, that's random stuff. Really, life a soldier was, song. Life was terrible back then. It sounds like that sounds like not how I'd like to spend my time. <laughs> Don't like a lot of songs that we we sing as kids or we grew up like hearing as kids all have like really dark backgrounds. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the most famous is "Ring Around the Rosie." Rose, yeah, it's yeah. about yeah, the other. But there's a few that player. are yeah that, that are, are kind of like that as well. Speaking of kid stuff, I, I saw Mark Ennis tweet this, and I, I thankfully Keith and I both have sons that are too young to do this right now. I don't know where Trevor's kids are, but he hasn't he, he hasn't dealt with them, so he can't hear them say this. But Mark was tweeting about how his son, who I think is like probably like six, seven, eight years old, like just says the word bruh when he's talking all the time. <laughs> My friends who have kids that are around this age have all said the exact same thing. Like they just refer to their dad now. They'll be like, they'll be like, nah, bro, like don't worry about it. Like I, yeah, we we colored the pictures today at school, bro. Like he's like, I can't go one sentence without bruh. 
I'm hoping this goes away before John gets a seven because I'm afraid I'm gonna have to whoop his ass. Like I, I'm not. I think I would smack Mike's son. I don't think I like. Well. I've always said like, no, we're not, no nothing physical with the kids. But if he calls me bruh a bunch of times in a thirty second span, I don't know if I can deal with that. Like I know my dad would not have let me get away with that when I was growing up. I wouldn't let it go once. I think I'm backhanding the kid. You know I think I mean? that's the funny thing about it is that, like you know like having kids young enough that you don't have to deal with this because I I like you know I have coworkers and whatnot and they tell me stories about their kid. I'm like God I just do not want that. I'm I don't, I, yeah I'm like I'm not looking forward to any of that stuff at all. But I know I know something Something equally as stupid and annoying is gonna just it's, be it's there. It's on yeah. the way. It's yeah. gonna be there. Yeah. Bruh. It's, bruh. <laughs> like, I mean, I, it's like, and like the the the, the friends Sorry, I have, like, none of them I can picture like having kids that would act this way. And then I know their kids too, and they're all like really nice, like kind of quiet <laughs> kids. I'm like, how is your son saying bruh all the time? Like, what yeah. are, it, apparently, just all the kids do this. Yeah, my daughter. Danny, Danny, who I do the podcast with, he has his oldest is is a, a boy, and I think he's eight now, and they had. Their first like friends fantasy football draft last night. Like, oh, they, wow. They've all got like little laptops. <laughs> Sent me a video. They're all on their computers. Like out. The the only um, the only rule was dads can't help. Of course, all the dads are like there watching. Sorry. But like Danny's like Danny's like I couldn't help myself. He's like it's second round, and I hear Cam. Cam's like. I like Joe Mixon. He's like, I was like, no. <laughs> he's like, I couldn't stop him. And then he sent a video like, uh, like thirty minutes later. He's like, well, they made it through six rounds before they just started auto drafting. They're all just like playing soccer in the backyard. I'm like, that sounds, that sounds more like. All right. Yeah. yeah. If, when I was eight, like I, I barely could sit through like full games like, yeah. before I wanted to go outside and start playing myself. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Keith Wynn is here. Trevor Kelsey is here. We're getting excited for kickoff, which is uh, man, twenty-seven and a half hours, a little bit less than twenty-seven mm-hmm. and a half hours away. I saw the uh, the U of L Instagram football Instagram just posted a uh, had a little post about the team leaving wheels up for Atlanta all the players the standard stuff but still just like knowing that they're they're on the way just I mean it's here like this is always a surreal feeling I feel like especially with college football because it feels like the longest off season once the NCAA tournament ends you know and we do we you follow baseball you follow the other sports that are going on late in the spring but when the NCAA tournament ends it really feels like okay college football is next up. And that offseason feels interminable. It feels like it's just never-ending. Like, like football preview stuff starts happening in May, and you're like, oh, my God. What are, <laughs> what are we going to be doing when we get to July? And then when it finally gets here, you're like, oh, my God. It just, it, it's, it's unbelievable that we're this close, that we're going to watch this team that we've talked about for so long finally take the field and finally see Jeff Brom lead a, a squad out there. Jack Plummer, see what he's got for us. Jawar Jordan back on the field. It's such a... It's such an awesome feeling. And here's hoping for the first time in a while we can keep that feeling for more than just that, that first game because it's gotten knocked out. The, the wind's gotten taken away pretty quickly the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just yeah, – What was it, 2017? Is that, I saw your stat on your, uh, your, your post where you predict the future – the last power we, we found on the radio, yeah. we went back and looked. The last time we beat a power That's conference insane. team, I would have never start. guessed that. And it's just like, but yeah, but you you kind of nailed it because you do get hyped for the season, and there's just there's nothing worse than that wind getting knocked out of you. Like, man, this is like we your 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 magic season's already gone, right? You definitely can't have the undefeated season, which you know you don't expect it. But you at least want like, hey, a few games before you have that letdown. And yeah, it's been rough the last few years, and and hell, a couple years ago it was like, hey, they they're starting off one and four, and this and the other, and it's like, dude, this is terrible. But but no, I think that this is the fun thing about about Brown coming back is that there's just a different air of excitement where people just have so much more hope, um, and I think it's kind of fun to watch and it's fun to it is fun to have the fan base for the overwhelmingly vast majority and pretty much everybody's just they like the coach again like yeah that's fun it it's, it just makes it a little bit more 
less annoying for me personally, but like just in general, like listening to people talk about football again that I haven't, I didn't know they were even in the football or just talking to people about football where they're just not just trashing the coach. It's just more fun, man. And I'm excited for that factor. And, and tomorrow's going to be a fun day of just kind of just Friday as opposed to Saturday for some reason because everybody's waiting for the night yeah. game to happen. will be a little bit different. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it for sure. I do think there's an element. I, I, I call them when we talk about this on the, on the show – like the peripheral fan, the fan that's just like when things are going great, like they're you know they, they, that's all they want to talk about. But when things are just going not even poorly, but just sort of okay, you know, they've checked out a little bit. Yeah. I think that hiring Jeff brought that fan back into the equation, mm-hmm. and you're seeing that. I mean, you know, when I go out when I'm you know, with friends or whatever, like it's all anybody wants to talk about yep. is, is football, football, football. People that have been sort of checked out, and I think you saw that like, even when the team was playing well the last few years, tenants numbers weren't great, season tickets kept going down. Um, you know the the, the chatter on the, the websites and, and the radio shows and stuff was was less than it would have been. And now, and again, like it all hinges on having the success that people think is coming with mm-hmm. Jeff. You do have that peripheral fan that like they didn't know Scott Satterfield. They know Jeff Brom. Yep. They know Brian Brom. They remember that they brought us some pretty good times. Like that fan that was willing to live and die with every snap back in 06, 04, uh, 2012, 2013. Like they're kind of back in the fold a little bit. And that's – yeah, it feels good to have everybody sort of on the same page for something, and it's why, like you just said, I really hope that we win at least like our first three or four games, yeah. just so we can. It feels like we haven't been unified about something positive in so long. Yeah. Like, I, I I need a little bit of September <laughs> to be like, hey, things are good, we're happy. Let's just forget about the bad stuff for a little bit and, and enjoy this ride. Much needed. Dream about what may come. Yeah, I think that I also thought this was interesting. Looking at Georgia Tech a little bit and listening to some of their pundits talk this week. You know, we remember the last time we played these guys was the infamous 66-31 game back in 2018, <laughs> which was really the – that was the like – We okay, scored 31? We scored 31. Gone. But it was it's like Air Force. That's how we scored 30. We scored 31 after we were <laughs> – we were down by about 42. Yeah, I think I may, I may have turned the game off at that point. That's when like Jordan Travis came in and looked okay. I'm like, okay, well, this is – and then he left like <laughs> a week later. He transferred. Yeah. <laughs> That the light served, with Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah, that was the moment where it was like, this isn't going to get any better. If anything, it's just going to get worse. I didn't realize Georgia Tech hasn't even been 6-6. Six and six. They haven't gone to a bowl game since that season in 2018. Like, they've been woefully bad yeah. the last few years. And I think, well, you know, and Paul Johnson leaving, and they had to rebuild that entire roster and, and program from a triple option to, to, you know, Jeff Collins just kind of went all in on, we're going to kind of spread out and, and throw the ball around and things like that. And, you know, I – you could probably do that a little bit easier now with the portal being what it is and, and the rules changing, but it took them some time. But I think Jeff Collins is a, is a, is the type of hire to me that you just it was so gimmicky. Everything he did was gimmicky. He had that the uh, Twitter account about his shoes. Oh my god, yeah, dude. just so much gimmick stuff. And I'm like, and it it was weird because I didn't feel it didn't feel that way when he was at Temple. Like he was a he was a high energy guy, and that's what it kind of came off as. But when he got to Georgia Tech, it was this big. Eating at Waffle House every week, doing all this stuff. Yeah. It's like, this is just silly, dude. And it doesn't translate to anything you see on the field. And I, I talk, <laughs> I say this all the time about silly stuff that coaches do or things that coaches do that I think gives them some kind of advantage. If the best teams in the country aren't doing it, it's, I'm sorry, it's probably not going to work. For sure. It's just, that's just, you, you emulate the best because the best teams in the country continue to be the best programs in the country year over year in college football. It's not like some other sports where you see a little bit more parity at the top. It's the same guys every year, and you should be emulating what they do. And the, if you're implementing things that 
they don't do, you might want to question whether or not it's really worthwhile or if it's value added, and it's probably not. Have yeah. we learned? Have we learned by now not to hire a Temple head coach if you're trying to rebuild it's, your program? It kind of feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Golden. I mean, gets Rule did okay. I mean, Rule was okay at Baylor, right? I mean, yeah. The, but the, the, let's not talk about the you know the Panther disaster. Yeah. But then you have Collins, and then uh, what was the dude that went to Boston College? Halfley. Uh, no, the at at his EO. Oh, Adazio. Adazio, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, forgot he was a temple for prayer. Yeah, he did. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So I'm saying, like, the last, like, four of the last, like, five, six coaches have all gotten, like, major programs. You talk about a gimmick, man. Steve and then, Adazio. And then, yeah, none of them all fell flat. The gimmicky stuff with Jeff Collins, it, it does remind me. Yeah, he tried so hard to be like, I'm this. It, it, it did remind me of he was kind of the football equivalent of when they hired Pastner in basketball. I remember Josh, like, immediately mm-hmm. had a picture where he tweeted out where he's, like, with Andre 3000. He's like, yep. he's teaching me about what AT aliens are all about. I'm like, you can't you don't don't force this. You it's can't insane, be somebody right? that you're not. Like this isn't. I don't think this is going to work. And sure enough, it didn't. And uh, I don't think that uh, you know, the Collins tenure obviously did not go yeah, much better. Not at all. Yeah. I, lo- I, I also do. I do love Georgia Tech fans have been doing the thing where it's like when the coach is finally gone and more comes out, they're like, I hate him even more now. So like, <laughs> the, there was a new fact about Petrino every week after 2018, and it's like. He was lo- the players didn't have his phone number. They didn't know where his office was. I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. It's kind of the, it's the, it's, it's the same fun. Thing. It's a fun part of coaches leaving. But now they feel you know they have optimism for the first time in a long time with Brent Key doing well towards the end of last year. You, you having you watch more college football than anybody I know. It's weird being handed the keys to a program in the middle of a season. You do feel sort of tied to the past regime. Was there anything that he did that was just so different that made them more successful? After uh, Collins got fired, like it seemed like to me, just watching a little bit of that, I think I remember watching them. They beat North Carolina, which mm-hmm. was a, an upset. The offense seemed more or less the same. Like I, yeah. I feel like they didn't do much a whole lot. It just they they played harder and seemed like less screw ups. Yeah, it sounds corny when you say this stuff like this, but that that guy's passionate. He's genuinely like a, an emotionally passionate guy. There, it seems like they just bought into what he was selling, man. I I don't I didn't see anything different from from the beginning to what I mean. I try to watch as much as I could, you know, prepping for the season and whatnot. And I didn't see anything different schematically. Like I said, he even kept some of those coaches um, from the previous staff. I think they, they just bought into what he was selling. Those guys just start playing harder. And, and, and I think that that first win was huge. When you go on the road against Pitt, um, and I, I mean, we played Pitt. Pitt's a good team. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not a fluke top 25 type of team. Um, I think that was so huge for him because I think that was like a, a belief thing. Like, hey, we finally got, you know, this guy's going to take us somewhere. Uh, and, you know, these, I know, like I said, this stuff sounds always corny and whatnot. These are young people. Uh, they're not grown adults that have, that have been through this, that, and the other. Sometimes adversity hits or different types of adversity hits, and they might change their entire way about doing things. And all of a sudden, you've got a 19 and 20 year old who's going to play harder for you than, than the last guy. So, and it, it might be just the coaches might have had a different different way of going about doing things where guys felt like they had a better opportunity of, of, of playing and things like that, and they play a little bit harder. Who knows? But you watch that guy and, and, and pressers and things like that, and he seems to really genuinely care about the program, and I think that was something that really helped him out because schematically I didn't see anything different. Uh, they didn't play a bunch of different guys. You know, they they the quarterbacks, you know, with injuries and things like that and, and change guys. But other than that, I think they just played harder. And I, mean, I think that's that's where – you know, some of that excitement from their fan base is, is coming from because in a realistic world with what they lost from last year, multiple NFL guys from a program that hadn't won a lot, yeah. you wouldn't think the fans would be like, yeah, we're, we're going to be good this year. You'd think there'd be a, a, some reality sinking in there. But I think they're buying in the, in, into them as well. 
and and they should. I mean, I think he did a good job, and I think he earned the the, the job that they gave him. And I I would feel excited about it if I was their fan base. I wouldn't be overly like, hey, we're yeah. gonna win this game, but. Um, you know why not? You know they they won games last year. They should have won. They they in, in eight games last year. He had more wins against ranked teams than Satterfield did in his entire Louisville tenure. God, they they beat three teams. They three beat two. Teams. I, I thought Satterfield only had one. He beat Wake Forest twice and they're ranked. Well, okay, well he beat more yeah. both different ranked teams because yeah. he beat Pitt and my North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. But he also beat Duke, who was the, the darling last year as well. Yeah, so. Duke had a, had a good year for sure. Duke was legit. I mean, they were hanging with Georgia. Listen to Key and Brom this week. Like they do sound, there are a lot of similarities. Neither one is really willing to to go too in depth on giving details away, but they both, I think, really want to make sure that the fan bases know that like getting outworked is not an option. Yeah. Like they, that's kind of their their big thing. Like they both hammer home, like you know, we, we're not sure how it's going to translate to the field, but we know the guys are like mm-hmm. working hard. We're going to, and I think that that is at a certain level, especially when you are a fan base that is coming off of a, a past regime that you were unhappy with, which I think is true for both, although Georgia Tech has more reason to be upset than Louisville fans do, you want like that reassurance that what happened in the past is not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And I think driving that home in the offseason, especially going into the first game, is, is a big deal. So yeah, they, they, I definitely see similarities. Like these, I expect a real physical game tomorrow night. I think there's one, one thing that's really interesting is Jeff Brown, you know, he is, a, is an offensive line coach, mm-hmm. you, know, and it, you know, and that's his background. Jeff Brum coaches like an like an offensive line coach or defensive line coach, yeah. you know, linebacker maybe. He doesn't coach like he coaches a finesse type of position or a skill position like quarterback. He's he's got that intensity and that that fire. And he, I think you know, he said he kind of gets that from Howard Snellenberger and and coaching hard and practicing hard and things like that. But I, you know, being out there and watching the practices, there's not a lot of fire and brimstone. He's not a very intense guy from that standpoint. But I do think that. You know, when it comes to how how guys go about practicing, the expectation is that it is an intense practice, and it's it's interesting because you don't always you know quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators don't always have that fire and intensity. Uh, but I thought that was the that was the thing that I kind of noticed with him and Key is that uh, they have this same kind of demeanor of the 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 least the 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 level base expectation is that we're not going to get outworked and and we're going to work harder than everybody else. And I think that's interesting to see that with two guys that have kind of a different background like that. Okay, right, getting a break. Coming up, 5 o'clock hour, more football talk. We'll get back to the text line, you guys, at 502-414-1450. And then we'll end the show looking ahead to tonight's games in college football, the unofficial official start to the 2023 college football season. Get excited. Football's here. So is the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Yeah, the thing where you do the two sticks and you, yeah. yeah. 
And this feels like a perfect song for that. <laughs> I just love in the video, everyone's wearing overalls. Well. So 19, early 90s. Like. Bring them back. Bring did you, back did the you guys have the overall snowball face? I never wore overalls. Keith, were you an overalls guy? When I was like eight, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never, it, was a, it was a small it was child. The, the one, the one uh, strap overall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was... For a while, I think that's yeah. the only time. Like, the only thing I didn't get into was the overalls. The the people that do like the was like Funko. They, they usually make bobbleheads and stuff. They've made team like college specific uh, overalls for everybody. And they offered me like a bunch of free pairs if I wrote like, a quick post on Card Chronicle. I just never. Kept, I was like, I probably should have just done that. But <laughs> it's not even worth getting free overalls. <laughs> I still may end up doing it. Who knows? Yeah, we'll give to you for free. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not worth the hundred fifty words. It's hundred fifty. Yeah, it's a lot of words. Now right? we've got a. Can I do it? We, we've got a welcome back to the show. By the way, five yeah. o'clock hour here. Mike Rutherford here with Keith Wynn and Trevor Kelsey as we get ready for Louisville football. The day before kickoff. Now, we've got a hot update here. Our guy, Zach Brady, on the scene in Atlanta. He's driving through the Georgia Tech campus. He has sent in a picture, smack talk. I get this is hanging on outside of one of the dorms. And it says, folks, is, prepare yourself for this. This is creative. This is, this is why they're the best engineering school in one of, in one of, one of them, right? KFC, Kentucky Fried Cardinals. <laughs> so That's so upsetting. Well, I guess there's only one thing left to say. It's on. <laughs> it's absolutely on. They even drew a bucket. They drew a bucket on the on the, on the sort of like on their bed sheets. These mother bleepers got to die. Yeah, someone's got to fall. It's these kids. It was an innocent game until now. Well, no, now Toby, Toby the seal took it to the next level. <laughs> Where you're gonna get Toby's peed. going down. You're going to get Peter all over us. The sign kid's going down. They're off. I've already got my post picked out to, to send right to Toby if we win. Oh, my God. I'm going straight for Toby's hat. I don't even care about Georgia Tech fans. I'm going right for Toby. I'm going to go to the Georgia Aquarium and just heckle his ass. Uh, <laughs> How do you heckle a seal? You're about to find out. You're about to find out. Just card shirt right in his face. Just tackle him. A local radio show host was arrested in Atlanta <laughs> yesterday. Uh, we've got uh, we've got 50 minutes or so here to talk about uh, whatever you want to talk about. We're going to talk about the, the the football games tonight at the end of the show. We'll pick some winners. Um, we, we've gotten a little bit into Louisville Georgia Tech today. We'll do more a lot more of that tomorrow out at Elk Run. Um, but Thornton's sex line has been popping. 502-414-1450. We have not gotten to to many of you guys today. I think there's also I was trying to touch on the other sports. I think that. Women's soccer, I want to say, is in action tonight. Uh, if the internet here worked, I could find out for sure. They're still going for their first victory. Men's soccer, I think, is back in action tomorrow night, uh, which props to John Michael Hayden and company. After being unranked to start the season, they take out Tulsa, who's number 16. They take out Bellarmine. They jump from unranked to number 12 yeah. in this week's coaches poll. So primed for another big year. I know they play Kentucky next week, and UK is very good. I believe they're number three after having an undefeated regular season last year. So that'll be a big-time match. But fall sports... Off to a hot start. Yeah. Volleyball, number three. Uh, field hockey was number nine. Took out number two, Northwestern. Men's soccer now up to 12. It's going to be a fun year in the Ville. Kept up with the men's soccer team a little bit so far. Entertaining style of play, too. Like some fun goals. You know, you know, yeah. Some, some really, you know, fun games. Not, not, you know, boring soccer, which some people really don't like. No like, goals allowed, though, which yeah, I enjoy. Really cool. Very cool. 502 414 text line. Texture says, a feasible and actually cool idea for Louisville, going back to the Nebraska volleyball, having 
92,000 people at their, their match last night. A, a cool and feasible idea would be to have a Jack Harlow concert in tandem with a new Jerome Tang-led Louisville Live or whoever the new coach is. <laughs> By the way, are we even going to do Louisville Live this year, LOL? This question got asked earlier this week. I mean, there's been no talk. I have not heard a word about it. I didn't no. even think about it. I mean, Louisville Live was – it was in September last year, and we'd heard about it for a solid, like, month and a half beforehand. Yeah. Like, there was you – know, before we had like the ironclad plans, we knew that it was going to be at Slugger Field. That's why I got announced so kind of early because of yeah. the Slugger Field stuff. Because yeah. we knew it wasn't going to be back at Churchill because they were doing the work on the paddock. But there's been no murmurs. No, no, I don't know if just Kenny Payne didn't like it or if you know they, they yeah, feel like they can't get guys coming here. But it, I mean, Louisville Live for the first three years was a real smashing success. And then last year, I mean, I feel like we can talk. I, I mean, I tried to be nice at the time. But, I didn't. But we can kind of talk about it. It was a complete cluster last year. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was it's just the beginning of it. I thought was okay, uh, but the the lack of organization in the second half was was very rough. It was tough to watch, and it was like watching the season. It, it, it was. <laughs> it, it was not. It was. Yeah. Not it was. It was. They were trying to do too much. Uh, as where I, when I remember watching, I was like, "There's just too much going on." I was like, "How many microphones are out there?" Exactly. There's yeah. seventy five people talking yeah. at one time. This is less microphones <laughs> next year. Texas says, did you say that Georgia Tech's coach said he had fond memories of playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium because his Georgia Tech career was over way before it was built? He did say that. He did say he played at the Benz, uh, you know, he's, he, all that good stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. See, I mean, I, I, I mean, he said he played there as a player? I would think from a coaching standpoint, when he like he's had a career coaching there even before Georgia Tech with Alabama playing there a few times and things like that. But. Yeah, he said he'd coached there. He said he'd played there. I the statement was kind of confused. I wonder if he was referring to, because he was talking about the differences between, he was hyping up Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but he was also saying in the same response that he prefers Bobby Dodd. And I don't know if that's what he was saying. Like, I yeah. played there and, I, and I've coached there. But it did, the, the way that it read, it sounded like he was saying, I've played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I've coached at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and I'm excited to, to get back was there. Was he even in college when they had the Georgia Dome opened? I don't know how old he is. I would assume so. I mean, the Georgia Dome now. Georgia Dome was open like '89, so. I mean, probably. I want to say he's yeah, he's 45, so yeah. Okay, so he probably at least played maybe there. Yeah, I think that's maybe uh, what he's talking about. <laughs> Who knows? He's an interesting man. Yeah, he was. He was playing. We played. No, he played '97 to yeah, two nine two thousand. Yeah, so yeah. Texas is long. Trevor, it's one thing to call a stadium by its former name; it's another thing to call it the name of a previous stadium. Do you call the KFC Yum Center Freedom Hall? I have. That is where you draw the line. <laughs> it's like when they change the name, that's one thing, but when it's an entirely different building. It was, it was a joke. Like, it's I, Joe I, Robbie. The twins play in Target State, Target Field. I've actually been there. Texas says, Trevor has an obvious salad guilt tinge in his voice today. Oh, He's also tried to deflect things to the bonsai tree. This is the world <laughs> Trevor has created with his lack of salad-eating willpower. Well, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fully comfortable in my salad Eating, I, I've done, I ate enough salad. I so mean, I, I'm good. I, I guess I didn't watch. I, I was I watched a little bit of the video. I guess maybe I stopped short. But I thought you like you were you ate like two bites. I, 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 I ate way more than the first time. Yeah, yeah. so did. I was like, okay. I, People I, were I mad had because a bite with every nugget. The deal is, Trevor always said if Jeff Brom came here, he he'd eat a salad. Yeah. And people took that to mean when you say I, I'll eat a salad, I'll eat an entire, entire salad. salad. Yeah. Trevor ate maybe a fifth of a salad. Yeah, that that first video was rough. No, the first one, yeah, that one. <laughs> the first yeah, one was like a one twentieth yeah. salad. Yeah, that, that was, was, which is why we lost MJ Griffin. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what happened there. I thought that was I thought that was for the basketball team. <laughs> like flowers <laughs> left. 
Texas says, Scoots has had a rough week. Leave my man alone, you bunch of bullies. Scoots, I got your back, bud. We, we didn't take What's, any shots at Scoots. What did Scoots have a rough week for anyway? I don't know. I haven't listened to a whole lot of KRC. I, talked to I heard him on Spears. He seemed fine. Every time I talk to Scoots, he's either playing a video game or he's golfing. I don't think it's that rough of a life. <laughs> well, I don't know what he's talking about, so I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> but we'll find out tomorrow on the golf course. He's going to well, hope he's on a rough day tomorrow. He's on our team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I do feel bad that I we both temporarily accused him of potentially stealing the bobblehead. Well, I mean, <laughs> we accused everybody. Alex Pierce like the last one that wasn't getting accused. I did, he was accused. I dismissed him. Yeah, you did. I totally you, misjudged you his character. You attacked KSR right away, or KRC right away. Well, KRC usually is to blame. Like, there's That's a, true. There's a, there's a limited number of suspects we can have here. Not that many <laughs> people are just filing in and out of this, this studio. <laughs> Texture says, you can tell the story of Louisville basketball without Kenny Payne. You can't tell the story of Louisville football without the Brahms. I think that's probably fair. I mean, yeah, you have to. Brahms definitely come up with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. The Brahms versus one person versus the entire Brahms family is a little bit different, though. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of the strong era and I guess when Lamar Jackson was here, Pretty much every good thing that's happened in the modern history of Louisville football, there's been a Brom that's been a yeah, part of it. I don't think you can. I mean, even if you just narrow it to Jeff, I don't think you can tell Louisville football history without mentioning Jeff. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know that was a about... turning point in the, in, in, in the whole era with Snowberger and getting him to, yeah, to but turn he was, down Trinity or turn down Tennessee. But and he turn wasn't down... a part of the biggest season under Snellenberger. Like, he was on the team, but he didn't. He wasn't the quarterback. He's the first time we got an actual a, a named recruit to come here, though. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can tell. You could do it. Without Jeff, probably. Maybe. I don't know. I couldn't. Well, I know you I wouldn't. <laughs> I can't tell the story of anything without Jeff. Texas says, can we talk about the SB Nation guy from Georgia Tech who interviewed Keith thinking that Purdue had fired Brom? Did they really? Did that happen? That would have been John. That would have been me. John. Car- yeah, Cardinal <laughs> Strong. I, 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 have, I read a little bit of the Q&A. I have not read the entire thing. I did not see that, but that's... Yeah. <laughs> I read a little... This is funny. I was... I was busy. I read the first two questions, and then I kind of, you know, it was like the guy didn't really seem to know much at all. He was like, who's your quarterback going to be? And I was like, I mean, really? Like, <laughs> is that <laughs> have you quick, done any research at all? Let's do a quick Google before we prepare ourselves. <laughs> I mean, is that, is that worse than the guy not knowing Howard was dead when they asked him about how, he, how Jeff and him were like, still together? And that stuff? was that was a bad book. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was rough at the press conference. <laughs> I mean, do you talk to him still? Jeff <laughs> no, first he screwed up his name. They just kept calling him the old ball coach. So. He's like, how's your relationship now? It's like, I mean, I'd like to think it's good, but <laughs> very one-sided. What do you want me to say? He won't answer my calls. <laughs> yeah, you could have been a real ass about it. <laughs> I've been calling him for months. I know if I called him right now, he's not going to answer. That's all I'll say. Yeah, that's a missed opportunity to really just hammer. I mean, just, maybe, maybe in a couple years when he gets more comfortable, he'll, he'll take advantage of that, that situation a little bit more. Uh, Texture says, the clip WDRB released today where's Jeff mom's, where Jeff's mom started tearing up about Jeff coming home got me today. I love Donald Brown. Donald Brown rules. Uh, that would make me probably uh, get me. I've not seen it, but I can. I, I know. I mean, I know for a fact. Like the first time, I think it's relatively well known at this point. Like when the Jeff flirtation was happening after his first year at Purdue, and we ended up hiring Satterfield. Like you know, the the family very much wanted him to come home, mm-hmm. and I think the the family members who were on his coaching staff very much were <laughs> were ready to come home. And, and Jeff ultimately, just, like, he kind of had this, I think he was leaning towards taking the job, and then it, it ebbed and flowed, and then he said, yeah, I, I can't do it to the recruiting class. And he, like, talked to the entire family and said, like, 
I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. And the next day, like his dad, like full on, like Oscar called him and was like, I'm going to make one last pitch. Like, <laughs> I want you to come home. And it was like this very, like they both teared up. They both cried a little bit. Like it was, like it was, it was a very much like he's putting the pressure. Like his family has wanted this for a while. Yeah. It's not like they were like, Hey son, do whatever's best for you. I think there was a little <laughs> bit of that, but I think it was a lot of like, do whatever's best for you. We think what's best for you is coming home and coaching the Louisville Cardinals. And so it's, yeah, it's, I, I can see how it's been a, it's been a big deal for all of them to get everybody back in town. Very underrated aspect that I, I think when he was first hired, I think people kind of looped the family into it, but I feel like as time's gone on, it hasn't really meant as much as just, Hey, just coming home, just coming home. I do think there's a huge aspect from just a fan standpoint, at least for me being interested in the backstories and things like that of the entire family getting what they want in a sense like you know they're they're getting back together in louisville as a whole family yeah. and and rekindling the brahm family name in, in louisville for the the football program at louisville it's just a huge story to me that i think is just it's cool i mean it's it's fun to watch you know it's fun to you know this is his brothers you know i was watching the when i went to the practice his brothers talking to the team before he does just you know regular old business as the uh you know for his job i just stuff like that's just kind of cool which brother um, great Okay, good. Um, yeah, no, not, not Brian. If if Jack Plummer doesn't throw for three hundred yards in week one, I'm going to start the fire Brian Brom movement. Have yet to see Brian Brown talk yet. He's Get him such, out of such here. a quiet guy. No, he didn't need to talk. But I think it's a cool thing. I think I, I mean I think there's there's these stories around the country of guys going back home and things like that. But the Brown family and their legacy here being rekindled is just a. I think it's a little bit underrated, personally. I guess. Yeah. Texture says, "Is there an update on Stephen Heron's injury? He's a hometown kid. I'm excited to see him play." Didn't know he was injured. I didn't know he was injured either. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't heard anything about injuries. Uh, Jeff did say the other day that, you know, we've got guys, you know, we're going to be missing or something of that nature. And the, the you know, the plural factor of that kind of sunk in for me that there's obviously maybe another yeah. guy or two out there that we don't know about. And apparently Stephen Heron. So, um, I think, you know, I think that obviously, hopefully it's not a major injury just from the simple fact that, you know, he's coming back home as well, you know, a, a local kid. Uh, I will say this, though, from a depth standpoint, uh, they're in good shape there. So from a just purely football, hey, are, is this going to be a killer injury? Uh, as long as he's not out for the whole year. Um, but you got Popeye Williams there who had a really great spring. Uh, you know, Adonijah Green is a, a freshman that looked really good uh, the entire time he's here. So they've got some guys that they should be able to put there. Um, but obviously Heron's the, the, you know, he's the veteran guy. He's played in this defense for five years now. Uh, the exact same scheme, so he should have a good year, and you don't want to lose a guy like that. Same texture who I inappropriately called dude earlier, who's a woman, my apologies, uh, who's now going to give me a tire gauge for my belated birthday gift. Uh, she said, also, did you see the report from Kent Spencer about James Quick being a, an assistant coach at KCD? I didn't. I knew he was coaching at KCD this year. It has been cool seeing a ton of former Louisville players uh, getting the coaching. I mean, I think the entire staff at Christian Academy is basically former Louisville players led by Hunter Cantwell. Yeah. And James is, I mean like, – Look, he's a. I, I hope James doesn't Twitter search his name a lot because when it gets brought up, you know what it's going to say. Right. But he's still somebody who, I, and I, I've said this, and I'll stand by it. Like he is the, and, and I, like, I was the same age as as Bush, and a year older than Brom, and I, I saw a lot of great high school football then. When I watched James Quick at Trinity, the, the few games I went to when he was there, I think he was the best local high school football player, player I've ever seen. Like, I, 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 I can see that. I, see, I think I told you the story about the, the that was his freshman year. They played male, and that was, uh, you know, um, uh, what's uh, Wolf's first you know state championship team. They played it uh, down at Western, and I went to the game, and I just remember being in the locker room, Chris talking to the team before, and literally telling everybody on that team, 
They're going to run a bubble screen to James Quick on this side. That's the first play of the game. They're going to do it. We're going to do it. We've been practicing all week for it. I mean, what, lo and behold, what do they do? Bubble screen to James Quick. Everybody on mail going towards him. He just reverses field and runs like 80 yards for a touch. He was unreal. I mean, it was just like, I mean, it's like, how do you, how do you do, stop that? You do, you practice all week. You know what they're going to do, and yet there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that that, that hype, I mean, I had the hype too, and I mean, it, it really tainted what was a good U of L career. Like his not, career. people always bring up like, yeah. oh, he's just a boss. Like he's like the VJ King. I'm like, he's really not. Like, he was no. an all conference caliber player. Mm-hmm. He just when he made mistakes, they happened to come at the biggest and worst times. I mean, you, even dating back to the beginning of his, I mean, he didn't play a whole lot his freshman year, but his sophomore year, he drops the punt against Virginia. That, mm-hmm. that turns the tide of that game. The first loss of the Petrino era, 2.0. He gets uh, caught from behind on the long touchdown run against Clemson, and we end up getting stopped at the goal line. He has the drop, I think, the drop against UK in his last season that people have just kind of forgot. Like, right at the end of the first half, that should have been a touchdown. Like, he just – he had bad moments at bad times. Off the field stuff with UK players. That doesn't doesn't help either. But he had a good UofL career, and I'm glad to see that he's kind of on his feet now and and giving back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I always felt – yeah, I agree. I thought he got the bad rap. I mean, he, yeah, he, the, a, he had a much yeah, career than people. people if if you remember. don't look at him, he's the guy because everybody thinks, oh, he, you know, he, he, five star Ohio State. We got him stolen from this and that. He should have been twelve hundred yards, fifteen hundred yards, and I mean, he, I think he had what eight, nine hundred yards, eight, three straight years, or something. Yeah, seven, eight hundred yards. He was like seven hundred above. Good. Yeah, he, I mean, he put was up numbers. It, it, not to well, like yeah. bad thing. Is he like a three star? He'd have been praised. I think. Here's, right. here's something else to remember. If I'm in my memory, I'm pretty sure on this, Bobby Petrino didn't have a thousand yard receiver during his second season. Wouldn't surprise me. So they spread the ball out more, things like that. They, you know, Lamar was obviously a factor in, you know, how much he factored in the offense, but it'd be pretty hard to be, have a really big time season when no one else did either. You know, it's not like, right. they, you know, like, it's not like he was the, he was a, he was the, he's not a bust. In that case, everyone was a bust then. He just didn't, you know, the, the offense wasn't what, I think people maybe thought it was. And the you know, 16 was the one we, I think he did have a thousand. We talked about that. That was, we almost had two thousands that year. That was the already, yeah. Right. Mario yeah, and Harry. Yeah. was the last time. 2.0. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 2.0. No, we just don't forget all about that. That's <laughs> 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 blacked out of the memory, trust me. Texas says, guys, to change the vibes up, how about some Satterfield bingo? Throw out your favorite sayings of, of Scott's. Uh, <laughs> tall guy. I think it was love him up, love him up. Love him up. The, yeah, the tall guy was was great. <laughs> I'm just excited to see who gets these balls. That was the best quote yeah, of all was, time. Now we it, don't get to use it. It's really funny. I've been to two total football pressers ever, and I was at that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. just, I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's that sounds weird. <laughs> Texas says, uh, does Keith do season record predictions? I'd be curious to know what he thinks our win total would be. Also, Trevor needs to fix the vibes through his music selections. He's not helping so far. <laughs> uh, I used to be very anti-predictions, and now I just don't really care. So uh, it's funny. So so Connor Shea, uh, who, who works on the site, obviously. Congrats. Gonna, Connor had his baby congrats, today. Has a bit, had, his, had a daughter, I believe, yeah. uh, today. Nice. Uh, he's also working on our season prediction post. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure that's probably not going to be a post now. Uh, he's, he's probably a little, well, little, he's little busy. So. Um, but uh, yeah, my prediction for the season is nine and three. Um, I think the losses off the top of my head were uh, NC State, Notre Dame, and Miami. I mean, NC State. I think you know their new offense. Um, their defense is going to be good. Their defense. Their defense coordinator is probably head for a head coaching job soon. I think he's great. Um, but their offense should be better than it's been in the last few years. Notre Dame. I just they, they look great. I thought I thought their offensive line just looks unbelievable, and I just don't see anybody really. 
I don't see Louisville standing up to the offensive lineman with that run game and then Sam Hartman. As bad as he's been against Louisville, he's been really good against everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Miami, I just – I don't know, man. I don't know why I think they're going to be good this year. They were really bad last year. Like a couple games, they just look terrible. But I'm the same way with the Miami game. I, I feel like it's, it's the, the one game on the schedule that I look at and we're like, I'm like, we're not winning. Yeah, you can see the road. It. Yeah, on yeah. the road, but right before Kentucky. And then it's got, they got a lot of talent. Um, you just, at some point, you think somebody can put that talent together and do something with it. it what <laughs> happened? I feel like decade. they still do it like two or three times a year. Like they, yeah. they, they just have an opponent where every now and then they're like, all right, we're going to try. Yeah. We're excited. We're honed in. And the last couple of times they played, it, it's sort of been us. Where they've, I've been like, how are these guys not better? They're absolutely just, just taking us to the woodshed. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's going to kind of happen again this year. I posted my season predictions on the site today. I guess Trevor and I, we can do maybe like the game-by-game thing tomorrow. Since we we did it last year, we do, I think we've done it both years. I think we've already kind of picked something at some of. point. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, we're I'm both sure we sort have. of on the same page. Uh, but I've got us going 8-4. and four. I think I ended up with us going – because I, I picked us to win the Notre Dame game. I went back and forth. And I, I think I've got us going 4-4 four and four in the ACC and sweeping the non-conference, which probably is not going to happen. <laughs> but 8-4 um, and four is – it's where I've been since the, the schedule came out. It's where I'm staying. I feel like that would be – I'm okay with 8-4. and four. I'm good. Yeah, if that happens, where I'm at, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it'll happen. But I would like it to be a mix of even if we drop a game that we shouldn't drop, I'd like to have one of those like Notre Dame or U or, uh, or UK. I, I want one of those games that you can really hang your hat on and say like that was a that was a what a fantastic Saturday. Well, and keep in mind nine and four. Like say you go eight and four, and you win the bowl game. Yeah, that's the peak of Louisville and the ACC. I mean, he's starting off in his God, career right. as the best. They've they've haven't hit more than nine wins. They haven't been better than nine and four. Uh, you know, I think that any rational fan would be very excited about the fact that Jeff Brom is starting off uh, at the peak of where Louisville's been in the ACC with some momentum from a standpoint of bringing in some talent at the high school level that, yeah. you know, continuing that trend that Satterfield kind of left off at, obviously. He, he nailed down some of those guys, brought in some other guys, and then you bring in a guy like TJ Capers, and in the, the next year's class he has a couple of guys in there as well. And then, the, obviously, he's not afraid to use the portal. So, you know, it's all about perspective um, and, and, and being realistic about what Louisville is since they've joined the ACC. And nine wins is it. So if you're yeah. winning nine, uh, you know, for me, it's, hey, potentially nine wins and you get a bowl win. And Jeff Brown, you know, we, we talk, it's funny, we were on a podcast years ago with, with Jacob Lane and Preston Byron where, you know, what do you do if, if, if Scott Satterfield wins X amount of games? Or, like, you sign him to a huge deal. And I think that was pre the after his first year, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, if he comes in and gets ten wins in the first year, you've got to really look at now how how else do we invest in Jeff Brom as a Louisville football head coach because you've done something no one else has done, and when that happens, you deserve whatever comes. And I don't think he's looking for a big contract, but I want to, you know, I would love to see how Josh Hurd goes about investing if Jeff Brom does what potentially could happen this year and taking them to a new level in the ACC. Fingers crossed. All right, uh, we take our last break. When we come back, final segment, we'll get to as many texts as we can, and then we'll talk about some of these college football games on the uh, the horizon for tonight. Football's back. Get excited. Rutherford Chill rolls on after this here on 1450 and 96.1. Big X. And while I get a chance here, let me clear my throat. 
Segment here, Thursday edition, Mike Rutherford Show, 1450-961, The Big X. Reminder, Louisville, Georgia Tech tomorrow at 730. You can hear all the coverage on the new home of Cardinal Athletics, our sister station, 970 WGTK. We'll be out at Elk Run tomorrow for the Big X Golf Scramble. We'll be doing the show from out there, uh, 3 to 530. That'll be the uh, unofficial pre-pregame show, getting you ready for uh, the cards. Kicking off the Jeff Brom era in Atlanta on ESPN going to be a fantastic night. We're even more geeked up now that we got Georgia Tech fans putting up Kentucky Fried Cardinals uh, banners everywhere on, on Georgia Tech's campus. So it's going to be a memorable season opener. We're excited about it. We've got about eh, 20 minutes left here on today's show. If you want to get your thoughts heard on the Thornton's text line, hit us up at 502-414-1450. We'll take some text. Keith Wynn is in the house talking a lot of football. We've had a good time. Uh, Trevor Kelsey is, is not talking a lot of football, but he's having a good time as well. He's looking great. I'm talking. I've talked football. He's talking football. He's doing. He's he's talking football. I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm on blast. It's gonna be. I'm get. I'm, I haven't yet to realize I have to go to bed as soon as I get home tonight because I got a bed early tomorrow. Yeah, you got a big day on it ahead tomorrow. I am. I am. I'm a little worried about. I'm hoping you to keep three. his energy at three. That's what I'm looking forward. I'm, I mean, this has been. This is your moment. You you've manifested this. You, you were on the Jeff Brom obsession wagon before a lot of people were. You've been, been talking yeah. about this for so long. And now he's finally going to coach his first game, and you've got to get up I work approximately too. ten hours before your typical rise and shine time, and then you've got to work for a few hours. By the time we get to on air at three, I mean, usually wake up at two thirty in the afternoon. You're getting oh, up at yeah. six thirty in the morning. Yeah, I'm a little worried that we're going to have like just dead fish, Trevor. Like, yeah, whatever. I don't even care if he wins. Like, I just want to go to sleep. First of all, don't ever talk about Jetfish that way again. I love Jetfish. <laughs> I mean, what's guys. wrong with Jetfish Trevor? <laughs> I mean, that's going to be awesome. Sometimes, you know, you got to fall on that sword there. You know, because our only board off, I got to go to Georgia for the game. But, you know, because he didn't get any hours. But uh, the, the, oh, the Pat is going? <laughs> yeah. Of course he's going. He's going to be but, on the field. But the first prom game, the big X media pass. Do I? It's one thing being up all day and like being tired, but I don't get to sit at home and you know in my comfy chair with my that does you know, my drugs and everything, and watch the game in the way <laughs> I want <dress>. to. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, being honest, right. we don't lie here on this showcase. The season's time for the, <laughs> the season's here. The time for honesty arrives. Yeah. So, but instead, no. Where, where do I get to watch the game? Where do I get to watch the first, the opening of the Brom era? Something I was pushing is from the forefront to bring. From the same damn chair I'm sitting in right now, on a computer screen I'm looking at right now, on mute while I listen to the man who stole our bobblehead called St. X versus Mail. Vibes are off. I mean, <laughs> the vibes are off. There's no other way to say it. No, this is the, the, the this is the more proof that, that Jeff is going to demolish Georgia Tech to reward me for having to suffer through the the watching the game in that way. If he can overcome all the bad vibes of the week to win this game, yes, then I think we definitely know we got the right guy. That's all I can say. Because the vibe, when the vibe's been off in the past, Satterfield could not overcome bad vibes. Uh, the vibes, I mean, if you remember last year, we thought we were going to demolish Syracuse. We had a bad vibes week going into that game. We did. And it turned off being being terrible. Very indicative of how the game was going to go. Texas, if we lose to Georgia Tech, what if Brom opened the postgame interview with just, damn it, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably just, I'd have to quit the radio show. What, what, what if someone <laughs> asked him in the press conference, Jeff, uh, I know you struggled this week. Can you confirm that it has anything to do with Trevor not eating an entire salad <laughs> earlier this week on the Mike Rutherford show? 
<laughs> Do you have an update on the status of Jeff the Bonsai? <laughs> what was your thought when you heard that he was hurting? I think did, you asked him about me eating the salad when we had him on the show. He did. We did, yeah. And he was just like, uh... It was, it was hilarious. I'll let Purdue for this. What <laughs> <laughs> if he quit? He's like, was, he's like, that was the moment where I knew this wasn't going to work out. It was great because they, were just, they went from him feeling 100% awkward about the situation to, like, I have to, like, respond to this yeah. in a fun way. And him just working through that. It was live on air. It was great. Yeah. Something about his dog. I can't remember why. <laughs> he, he did. He did. He, did? He I did. believe there was a comparison <laughs> to you. There was. Uh, yeah. From you dog, to his dog. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Which was good. It was a great way to start our first interview with Jeff Brown. <laughs> Texas says, Satterfield calling Johnny Wilson the tall guy made me both cry and puke. I was upset with the, the so tall bad. guy quote. I do remember. It. I was like, I think I was in the car listening to the radio after the game. I don't remember where we were going. But when he when he said the talk, I'm like, he didn't just say it. Yeah. Like the guy just lit your ass <laughs> it's up. It's one thing for, for me quarters. not to know a dude's name, but come on, Sat. You need to know his name. Texas says Harrison Bader, big character guy. Well he's <laughs> <laughs> gonna eat up lefties. That's all I know. Texas says, Keith, how much of last year's success on defense do you give uh to Brian Brown versus unfailable talent on that side of the ball? Yeah, just well, keep getting it's an interesting answer for me. Coaches get should get credit for having talent on the talent on their team. So um, I think it's a huge factor. Is why I think this year's defense is going to be very good as well because I think the secondary um, is going to be is going to allow them to be aggressive. And Jeff has talked about it a lot. He wants an aggressive defense, and they were not that at Purdue. And I think I'm, I think we're in for a completely different looking style of defense from from Louisville this year because I think they have the secondary to let their front seven guys blitz and get out to the quarterback. So I mean, I think that you know, yeah, and the scheme was a scheme, but. Brian Brown also tweaked his scheme to do some things that he hadn't done before because he had better talent. So, um, yeah, I think, it, you know, they go hand in hand. I don't, I don't, I think, not to kind of go off, but I don't think that coaches should not get credit for having talented players. Sure. I mean, they, that's part of their job, too. So, uh, having the talent is what we got to see Brian Brown do some things that he hadn't done before. And I think he gets credit for changing things up and doing things differently in his scheme because he had better players to do it with. But he also said that multiple times, just flat out. We just don't have the guys, and once he got them, we saw a better defense. So, Where do you fall on the concern scale when it comes to I mean, I think everybody feels good about the secondary, even with MJ Griffin being out. The defensive line should be good. you got guys coming back from last year's team. Linebackers is the, the talking point. I mean, you, you lose Sonogo. You lose Monty Montgomery to transfer. You lose Yasir Abdullah. It, you know, Stephen Heron, what, now we don't know what his status, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Like, TJ Quinn had a good spring. Uh, Keith Brown, I thought, had a, sounded like had a, a, a really good fall camp. It's still a position where I, I I feel like we we know less than we should going yeah. into a season, and it's still that worries me a little bit. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I still we're gonna find out when the game starts. I mean, that's that's unfortunate. You don't you don't you never want that, but it happens. Um, but I think that this is such a unique thing because you lost the backups too. I mean, you know, Debo Brown, Debo Jones went to Cincinnati too, and he's a guy that you just expected to be a starter. Um, and then you know, Monty Montgomery left late in the process as, yeah. as a transfer, so it's like, geez, who's who's the guy? And, they just don't have – I mean, T.J. Quinn has the most snaps. Off the top of my head, I think it was like 66 snaps last year at linebacker. That's just not a lot. That's that's not – that's a game. Um, so, you know, Jackson Hamilton looked really good to me in the spring, but he, it seems like he might not be a starter, so that might be good and bad. You know, maybe they feel like, you know, Keith Brown's going to come in and, and, and be a guy. But, you know, they've, they've got guys. That's one plus is that you can go four or five deep and say, okay, this this guy, I can see him on the field and he can, you know, he can probably play at this level. Um, as opposed to there's one or two guys, and it's like dude, if one of those guys goes down, they're they're in a bad spot. I mean, Jalen Alderman might be the third guy up this year. We know that he 
at least can get on the field and make a play or and make some tackles and things like that. So and he's got some game experience playing a lot of snaps as a freshman. So they've got some guys, but it's just it's absolutely a, a crapshoot on whether or not they're going to be good or not. Texas says this is a left turn. Keith, other than the usuals, brisket, ribs, pork butt, et cetera, what's your favorite meat to smoke? We know Trevor likes hot meat. He said that, he said that earlier this week. Very, he, if it ain't hot, it ain't going in my mouth. <laughs> I like um, hot meat. <laughs> you know what's actually been good lately is uh, uh, salmon. Uh, okay. I, I never – I did that for my, my wife's birthday, I believe, or Salmon's Valentine's good. Day or something like that. And I've been trying some different things. I've got some other ideas, but that it like you get the smoky flavor in it, and it's really good. So I don't eat fish really. Not it's just not something I normally do. I will eat a smoked salmon that I at least that I make. So uh, that's probably up there because you kind of laid out everything else <laughs> that there is, I guess. But yeah, that's that's probably my next favorite. The, your, the next question he asks is, Trevor, what is your favorite meat to eat after you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> What's your answer? <laughs> As long as it's hot. It's hot, <laughs> I just want it hot. Was it your cousin who was, when he was younger, who won the like the the, the green egg contest or, or whatever? Is he still? My nephew. Nephew. Um, yeah, he's won three now, I believe. I follow him on Instagram now, and I'm always like, yeah. I need this kid to just come cook for me. I know, it's, right? It's unreal. Um, yeah, he actually, uh, he's going to college now, which is, makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, he still does from time to time. Uh, just cook stuff, and he'll he'll uh, come down and, and and visit sometimes, and you know we just talk we talk different stuff. But yeah, he's he's really good at it. He's really talented. Has a lot of cool ideas, and he does a lot of like, you know. I grew up thinking like, ah, oh, my brother's probably helping him, or his mom's helping. Him. And no, he this is like no, this is all his own stuff. He does it all on his own. We just we're just here to support him, and so yeah, he's won a couple competitions. It's pretty cool. Texas says I must defend Trevor. Yes, stop right there. <laughs> As, I don't some, know what it says. as someone who has tried to eat a salad several times every way imaginable, <laughs> I could not get one bite down. Even one of those tiny salads from hibachi. Oh, come on. Like, thank you. <laughs> those tiny hibachi salads are like two to three bites, so Trevor ate a salad. The vibes are popping. Rather, I can't read that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The hibachi salads Text are really the day. good. You should have tried it. Well, I, I think it's a, little, it's a little too soupy for you. I don't think you would. What's, 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 what? Do you like Asian food? You, like, you eat yeah, Chinese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eat Chinese, you might, yeah. You might like the little hibachi. But I'm like the weirdest Chinese. I'm like... I'm the guy that goes in Chinese like I just want nothing but like meat and like onions and broccoli or something. I'm, I, I'm, I love meat. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I, do. I can't take it, it enough. Got to be hot though. Yeah, it's cold. Ugh. I mean, hot meat. I don't even eat cold pizza anymore. I, that's like that's like a teenager thing. Like I can't eat. I, once I got like to tw- in my twenties, I couldn't even eat pizza cold anymore. I don't eat anything cold. Even my even like turkey and ham, I want to heat up out of the fridge. I'll heat it up, braid it. So the, the, the same texture we talked about the helicopter in that river, and he's now sending pictures of the helicopter that landed in the River Road Park. It, the vibes are weird. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> helicopter landed on River Road. On River Road Park, like one of those those parks right off River. Yeah. Road. I don't know. I don't, who knows? Must be Burt Reynolds or something. Texture says, um, <laughs> "That's a random pool, man." That's <laughs> from Happy Gilmore. Must be Burt Reynolds or something. <laughs> oh, okay. Texture says, "Mike is Michael Scott, and Toby is the Scranton Strangler." That's the seal. You're damn right. <laughs> I hate that seal. Texas says Sleeper is the best fantasy football app. That's the one that I was thinking of that everybody's using now. Sleeper. But I'll it's still Yahoo. It. We're in Yahoo world. That's a pretty cool looking helicopter, though. Texas says, considering we're not in on any recruits of the 24 class, I'm not sure who would even come to Louisville Live. Well, we could get people to commit and then just have, you know, back out the last <laughs> second again. No one would invited last year showed up, right? They did. They just we ended up <laughs> getting nobody from that. But Balloon Glow, we got Trey White. That's all I know. Bring them all to the, the Balloon Glow is the new Louisville Live. <laughs> 
It is. It is slightly concerning that they don't have. They they don't seem to be recruiting anybody right now. It's almost like well, <laughs> we've given. <laughs> We're up. not going to be it's, here. It's, I didn't say it, but there's. A, yeah. You get the sense that there's a little bit of like well. It's maybe that the. You know, what's the, the point? The like you haven't played a game this year. We don't even know what's going on. We're two months away from the season starting. Your lead recruiter, you know, flirting with other jobs, probably probably a little distracting. That's not not. It's not ideal. <laughs> Texas, I would love to hear what positions Keith thinks that Georgia Tech might have an advantage over Louisville at. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, if we're saying, you know, like say, you know, their wide receivers are better than their DBs or whatever it may be, I would say, you know, you throw in the running backs versus Louisville's linebackers. I think their running backs are pretty talented. If you're saying just like in general they have better guys at these positions in, in Louisville, I'd say tight end. Uh, they actually have some pretty good tight ends and kind of worrisome with the linebacker, obviously. Uh, and their safeties are outstanding. Um, really good, really good deep group of safeties. All those guys coming back. Um, so I think those are probably the two positions that really stood out to me uh, watching them. Uh, and then running back, obviously, I think they're – I wouldn't say they're better than Louisville's running backs, but they're probably uh, pretty close to it. So, okay. But other than that, not really sure there's much there. Texas, so Mike, will you be okay with eight or nine wins in basketball? You're sounding like a salad <laughs> Trevor apologist. No, no. I don't even know where that came from. Is I've that me being okay with seven and five basketball. in football? I don't think that's the same as being okay with eight or nine wins in basketball. <laughs> Uh, Texas Trev's the only dude to submit an ACT video, video, uh, photo with gray hamburger meat hanging out. <laughs> okay. I, that's, that's, it's, it's, I, I wish I could see the face of the person that opens that picture. Texas says, I'm tired of these MFN geeks drawing on these MFN sheets. Beat the raggedy rejects. Go cards. I like that. Texas, direct knowledge from the recent Red Black Donor uh, player event. Apparently, the players were standoffish with the donors and big ticket owners. They did not attempt to shake hands or socialize. Meanwhile, Milt Wagner, the guy in charge of player development, was off in the corner drinking by himself, not developing his players, relationships, donations, NIL, et cetera. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if that. I, I want to believe that that's not true. I, Seems like the players are have been you pretty. Want to believe? Yes. Is in is in opposed to you do believe? I have not heard that anywhere. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I can some. Of, I think some of the players seem very, very happy to be here. Kind of guys, you know, Okrafor and those guys. Social media wise, you see them doing some stuff that seems like they like being here. I mean, I saw Okrafor and um, and Mike James. I think it was. We're both at the U of L soccer game the other night. Like yeah. that's. We haven't and seen a lot of James that. James threw out years. the first pitch at the that's at the, the bats game for the. Bible Although the guy who seemed like he liked it here the most was Trenton Flowers. Yeah, that's also yeah. true. Yeah. That's fair. He's like he's like, which dunk do you want to see for Louisville Live this year, guys? Like he was just always like in the gym. I'm like, and he's like, I'm leaving for Australia, so maybe we shouldn't we shouldn't base this on social media. Yeah. Texas James Quick also picked up and returned the punt fumble against UCF, but the game ended poorly. It could have changed his legacy a little bit. That was maybe the most nuts I ever went in the crowd at a at a game because that was my. Quick was barely playing, and my bold prediction on the little game day write-up that I do like, yeah. was James Quick scores a touchdown somehow, and when he picked it up and scored, like I was just like, I mean, it was, it was a, we're up 35-14, like we're going to go undefeated, we may win the national championship, and then it all just, just fell to hell. I remember texting you, and be like, you are a sorcerer. That was, that was, that was, the, that was the crazy, because I was on like a... I remember that. I was on a bold prediction streak at that point, it was wild. The last two years, like, I've gotten like one bold prediction correct on any of those posts, and it was the, like, we're going to score or something, because I just needed to break the streak. Texture says, another vote for Sleeper, I've been using it for two years now just for fantasy football, and it's awesome. Is okay. it to say if Quick makes one of those Clemson plays, his entire legacy is different? 
If he makes the last one for sure. Oh, just, I mean, either one. You think the last one particularly? The first, the first one was. I mean, we were like that, that Clemson team wasn't great. I think they yeah. were like two and two, and we were like one and three at that point. Still, I, I was mean, there. Like, like it would have been cool that he, if he scored and won the game, but like they still had a chance to win that one. The 2016 game. Think about how many times the highlights from that game still come across Non-stop. your timeline on social. No, no, you see that no, all the time. It's only grown in stature in the years since because Lamar Jackson and Sean Watson have gone Success, on to be yeah. in the NFL. And I mean, like being there, I'll never be in a environment more rowdy than that one. It was the most intimidating, craziest thing I've been a part of. And to hear Clemson fans, you know, one of the most crazy fan bases, like say the same thing. They're like that environment for that U of L game. Like it was, it was nuts. If he wins that game, and then we go on to, you know, who's to say what happens if we're undefeated going to that Houston game or ten and one going to that UK Mm -hmm. game? Like I think he does. Probably get remembered in a totally different light, which yeah. which sucks. It's just, crazy how Jackson's now Baltimore, Watson's in Cleveland, like the, their heated rivals back again in the yeah. NFL. So Texas, Small world. Texas says, "I hope it was just one guy's opinion, but I've known this guy for years. He's a big donor. He was there at the, the Red Black. Well, it's football time. Let, let's just <laughs> <laughs> you get out the corner, Mill. Come on, come on, get, get out there. Let's do yeah. some stuff. Speaking this, of it this being ostrich moments, put my head in the sand and just let me think about football. These are plant. These are these are issues for late October and early November. <laughs> we will get there when we get there. Okay. I can't. I can't deal with any more. We have one week. One week. This, I'm gonna do the same thing I did on Tuesday with Nolan Smith. We're asking for one week. <laughs> I can't deal with this right now. I don't want to deal with this right now. I just hope the week go by a little faster, though. Don't you think? A little distraction away from just getting pumped up. And I don't want the distraction. <laughs> I'm sick of the distractions. This is the distraction. Give me, like, I don't know, like, like Sky Clark dunked from half court. Like, give me that distraction to talk about. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. We still got Zan. <laughs> Zan Payne's really improved his outside shot. Here's yeah. a video of him hitting eight consecutive three pointers. I'll you, take that. When you got Zan, life is grand. Remember this time a year ago with Sydney Curry hitting all the threes? Oh, God, yeah. Like this guy. Oh, man. He hasn't been back there Baby since Zion. that video. Yeah. I forgot about that. Like, oh, it's completely changed his game. I did see him the other day. He posted a video of him dunking between his legs at Grand Canyon. All the Grand Canyon fans were going nuts. I'm like, let's, let's take it easy, <laughs> yeah. Lil Nation. Let's, got a few weeks to get that weight back. On before the season starts. <laughs> Wait until we get to the year. All right, we've got we we've got actual football tonight, which is awesome. Oh, so awesome. The other game that I was thinking of, which is I think this could be you know fun at least to start off the night. We Elon and Wake are playing the ACC network. I don't you know, Wake should should dominate there. UCF should take care of Kent State, mm-hmm. but it's Kent State. It's 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 UCF. It's you never know what's going to happen. They're a fun program to watch. I'm excited to watch that game. And then at 7:30 on CBS Sports Network, we got NC State on the road. Taking on a resurgent Connecticut Huskies program, <laughs> uh, NC State is a fourteen and a half point favorite. Keith, do you see any issues for the the Wolfpack here in their opener? No, I, I do think UConn should be on the you know on the positive trend, but uh, I really do think that you know I, I refuse to believe that NC State is going to get over their hump. But if they're going to do it, it should be this year. They've got all the pieces in place. Trevor, who do you like here? Um, I mean, I, I think NC State wins the game. I'm just more curious on whether UConn can cover the spread or not. Is personally what my my thought is. Um, they didn't last year. NC State blew them out last year. So I'm going NC State. I'm going to say NC State does cover, though. I'm curious to see Brennan Armstrong. I mean, I mean, you know, he... It was broken last year. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago in an offense where it was just pass, 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 we saw how good he could be. And then we saw him look the exact opposite last year in a different type of offense. NC State loses Devin Leary. They bring Armstrong in. 
Good old season for like James. If, if he Masters. looks crappy, I think I'll I mean I'll kind of be excited because I'll be like, well, we play these guys Friday night, tough yeah. environment. But if he comes out here and just lights it up tonight, it's it's sort of you know, he's, you know he's back in, he's back in an offense where he led the nation in passing yards. Yeah, you know, same same offense, same coach, and so yeah, it, it it could be a whole different type of NC State program with that offense. So we'll they see. lost a ton of weapons on the outside, which it is the is. only thing that kind of concerns That's me true. there. Yeah. I think that they it was, I'll say they start a little slow. I'm gonna say. UConn covers by a half point, and the NC State Ooh. wins by two touchdowns. How about that? Now look at you. You got all the love for Jim Moore Jr. 34-20. Boom. And he's still at UConn, or he leave already? He's still there. Okay, I didn't know, I didn't right. know if somebody gave him another job or not. He's still at UConn, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. That's a thought. Uh, 8 o'clock on Fox. It's a big nude Thursday. Nebraska versus Minnesota. Cornhuskers looking, you know, they're back, right? It's going to happen again versus P.J. Fleck. Minnesota is a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite at Huntington Bank Stadium. Keith, what do you like here? I think I think Minnesota covers that. I, I don't know why, but they just seem to always be able to win eight to nine games a year. And, you know, Nebraska's there in a rebuild. Oh, they do that because uh, P.J. Fleck's a, a good coach. Always in a yeah, rebuild. Exactly. I like P.J. Fleck. I mean, um, a little gimmicky for me. Yeah, well, you know, I agree. Uh, Minnesota, but they are going – they've lost a lot. I mean, they lost their quarterback, the local kid, the Tanner kid. They lost the running back. They did bring in the transfer, but uh, I think Sean Tyler's his name, and I only know that because I almost drafted him on my fantasy league last night. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I know that. What was the spread in this game? Seven and a half, Gophers. Um, Minnesota wins and covers. I, I'm, we already discussed Matt Rule in Nebraska. It's, yeah, I'm not going for it. Are you ready for this? I'm doing the opposite of the, the week one Nebraska fade. Cornhusker straight up. Pulling the oh, upset right. on the road. Wow. They almost said it was, they're gonna fall it was 2013 the last year. The year. But they're going to do this in week one and get Husker Nation's uh, hopes up. They're going to win straight up tonight. Well, they got Georgia Tech's old quarterback, so there you go. Random and Minnesota, like we said, is rebuilding a lot, so they, it could happen. They are. I mean, it's a fair point. Yeah, 8 o'clock ESPN, I think this is the game that, that most people are, are on the lookout for tonight. Florida on the road against number 14, Utah. Uh, this was a you know, Utah sprung the upset last year in Gainesville. It was supposed to be a huge deal. Florida ended up not being great and didn't really matter quite as much. Uh, Utah is a five-point home favorite here in Salt Lake City. Can Florida pull off the upset? They put UK early this year. I think it's like week four or something like that. Uh, the, I was going to say three, but somewhere around Yeah, there, it's, and it's, it's early on in the season. Is Florida going to get the job done, or do the Utes hold on to their top 15 national ranking? I think Utah wins easily. Um even with their backup quarterback, uh, I just don't. I don't see it with Florida. I think you know they bring in a pretty bad quarterback, and he wins their quarterback battle. And I just think that if you can't, if your quarterback can't win you games, the upsets are hard to hard to come by. And I don't think he's a guy that can win you games. I'm excited to watch the the Nate Johnson kid. Sounds like he's a really yeah. exciting player. Yeah. Could be a little feast or famine, but that's mm-hmm. hey, that's great for a, a objective viewers just watching for fun football. And well, the other thing, Utah, they have a blueprint of their roster and every year they just kind of turn it over into new guys that just fit what they do and they always have a pretty good running back good tight ends okay wide receivers and dbs that can shut down the, the opposition so i think they're going to do it again this year i think they'll be really good you say utah beat them last year is that what you did yeah. Yeah. no utah lost them last year or was that that was yeah, yeah, Florida, 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 Florida upset him. yeah he, he yeah. had he had like first and goal from the five and they missed all four opportunities like, that was the the week yeah. one game in our pick where I, I picked yeah. Florida it was like I think that was the only Florida reason had him beaten and Richardson right. took him on that nice drive then Rising brought him back and then choked it kind of so Utah's yeah. looking for revenge this yeah. year Trevor who you got um I I, I don't know I, I I like what he said you know even with with Rising out you know they're just gonna gonna reload but I'm just gonna take Florida in this one to, to win to win back to back years. I'll take the What use. was the line again? Uh, used by five. Oh, then take, yeah, take, the, take the underdog money then, yeah. I'm going to say Utah wins by touchdown. 
wins and slight cover. I'm going to parlay all three of these games here in a second. Let's I can do, do it, it while we're over here. And then it's time, okay, less than a month from the – less than a month I can do it at my own house. Boom. Happy football uh, to you. Everyone enjoy the games tonight. we got Louisville Bats baseball coming your way uh, in about an hour. Coverage will start at 7.05 here. Bats still in Omaha. We've got, again – Big X Golf Scramble tomorrow. We'll be out at Elk Run. Listen to KRC in the morning from 7 to 9. We'll play a little golf. Then we'll be on from 3 to 5.30, getting you ready for kickoff. Last time we'll talk to you before a U of a football game day. Oh, it feels oh, so good. Keith, big you. thanks for stopping by. Always appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Always a good time. We will talk to you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Enjoy your Wednesday nights. Thursday nights. God, I did the opposite. <laughs> Enjoy your Thursday nights. Go Cards. Go Jeff. Reverse the vibes. I need these monitors right here. Music in the monitors. And I go a little something like this here. <laughs> <laughs> now-